one, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Welcome, 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 everyone. Another stream, another day with the uh, powerful, powerful Charles Rixie. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that we want to um, want to touch on, and uh, what better place to do it here in the dojo? So uh, let me. It's kind of sort of scrabbled together. I had a busy day yesterday, so I'm going to try calling Charles on Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Now, why can't I see zoom? Yeah. Uh, just bear with me, folks. All right, let's let's do the call. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump straight in because um, there's there's sort of lots to lots to cover. So let's hope this works. Boom, boom, boom. Ding, ding. All right, and whilst whilst we're waiting for Charles. Um, let's, uh, oh, that's it. Don't do this to me. Come on, okay, let's pop it up. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm just waiting for Charles to hop on. Um, Chris, good to see you. Idaho girl, good to see you. And uh, yeah, I wish I could relay more about uh, what I was up to yesterday. Now, the uh, is the chat feeding in from Rumble? 
It is, right? Test, test. Uh, yes, okay. Um, so, all right, I'll try and keep an eye on the chat as we just wave this. I know last time we tried to do this, for some reason, it didn't, it didn't go through straight away to Charles. So let me just uh, give him a little twinkle on uh, Skype. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, well, what, what are we going to touch on um, today? So Charles has a bunch of stuff that he still wants to discuss. I'm uh, more than happy to go through that. I want to um, touch on Ryan Cole's appearance on Del Big Trees, The High Wire. And Twitch is coming through, not Discord. Uh, what's up with Andrew off yesterday? At the guns at the OK Corral. No, um, look, this is, uh, it's just um, me just getting kicked in the teeth by Japanese bureaucracy. <laughs> literal, literal, literal institutional racism. Um, but uh, yeah, I just got to suck it up. It's my choice to be here. Uh, it's Friday, where I am, origami, how dare you? Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, wish, I wish I could just say more about the, uh, the issue uh, around my dealings with Japanese bureaucracy at the moment. Um, hmm, interestingly, <laughs> we were just chatting on Skype and suddenly uh, Charles has gone at AWOL, not like him. Um, and he's not picking up the Zoom call. So, um, yes, uh, Chris Martinson covered the uh, unusual clots, the amyloid clots. And, you know, I actually brings up a, a good point, which is something I was watching... George Webb, and I don't remember the other gentleman's name, so you'll have to forgive me. And George Webb brought up a important point, which is if the amyloid clots were so common, it would be showing up in with radiology. So anyone going for like regular CT scans, um, whatever, uh, ultrasounds or anything where they're sort of doing real-time imaging of um, blood flow and the vasculature system, um, I, I would predict or you would expect um, the, that there would be more uh, reports. And so, you know, this sort of puts us in the ballpark of you know m maybe it's a legit phenomenon for sure for sure it's unusual and um brian cole is if nothing else a very experienced pathologist and i would i would defer to a pathologist right it's, um it's not my um specific area of expertise and when they say, or he says that they ha these clots are incredibly unusual. Then I'm I'm inclined to believe him. Now the question is just 
how often is it happening? And, you know, there's, you know, what data can we have to work with? And the, oh, come on, oh, everything's, why, why is, well, I know why, but hang on, try again. Okay, Charles, let's try again. End, end me for all. And meet with video. And so, you know, the question becomes, is it, we may be seeing a new phenomenon. It may be a consequence of rolling out a new uh, technology en masse. Um, the question becomes, uh, is it 0.1% of the population versus 10%? Uh, and, you know, I would, I would have to make the presumption at the moment uh, that we would, if it really was this massive wave, that we would, we would be seeing more of it. Now, of course, that comes with a caveat that it may take time to, for it to show up. We obviously do have excess death, but there's the there's a, a gap between that excess death and the uh, real time imaging. But then I guess there's a question. Right, so Charles is admit is in the Charles. All right, no no sound from you. Uh, Mike just came on. <coughs> yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, loud and clear. All right, so uh, mm. I was just discussing the abnormal clots, um, and there was a point raised by George Webb the other day, which was, um, should we not be seeing more of it in sort of radiology departments? And I think that's a a fair a fair point. Um, and let me just close one camera in second to do this. So yeah, I was I was just shooting the breeze whilst um, you, you were trying to connect up. But um, any thoughts on you know should we? We should, right? That that mm. would that would be the um, we see the excess death. So why why aren't we seeing the corollary in clinics unless it's just a, a reporting issue, right? Well, I mean, it could be. Uh, well, for one, we don't know where this buildup is happening and it's going to be different for different people. Um, so I don't know how you would, I would think you would have to get lucky. Um, the other thing I might say is if depending upon the makeup of the class, I don't know if there might be something <laughs> like it, it might be hard for the, Oh, I, I, I would, just off as principles, I would expect it to show up on um, CT or X-ray. Yeah, I mean, I would too, but I mean, 
Um, that, that, that... Uh, the, the easiest part is that it's just they're not looking. Mm-hmm. And so if the if, for instance, the military uh, was sharing their data, I think it would be incredibly valuable because in the military, I was scanned anytime there was any possibility of a broken bone. I mean, I would say that military members are the most x-rayed individuals in, on planet Earth. No, they don't and just so, uh, clip you around the ear and tell you to get on with it. Get out there. Quit whinging. Walk it off. Because they, because they, they're incredibly invested in right. you being able to fight in a war, mm. they, they spend a lot more time making sure that you're not broken. Mm. Mm. They're typically less concerned if your mind is broken, as long as you can pull a trigger. But um, if, like, if there's any injury to your legs or to your feet or I mean, anything, they will, they will go through the 10th degree um, or to the, to the nth degree to try to make sure that you're okay and that you're able to deploy. I mean, deploying, being in a deploying status is absolutely critical, so... Well, till <laughs> till the last uh, year or so, and then that all changed. Um, right until well, yeah, until until three years ago, which is part of the reason why the 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 attitude that they've taken and the the steps that they've taken in regards to the vaccine mandate have been so ridiculous because. I mean, they take readiness very seriously because that's readiness to be able to deploy is their entire reason for existence. So there was uh, a meeting being held by, I, I sort of got, I don't know, I want to say about like 45 minutes into it by Senator Ron Johnson. Um, was there any input from the military at that meeting that you know of? It was over three hours. I didn't. I didn't see all of it. Okay. The part that I've seen, there was not any discussion. Um, I heard that there was some mention of well, the the DMED data. So the there there were questions about um, information was leaked about. Uh, numbers being reported in the, the health databases saying that there was massive increases in a bunch of different uh, categories. But that in January of 2022, so almost a year ago now, uh, Ron Johnson had, an, had a previous hearing where he had a lot of the same people. And from my understanding, at least when it comes to the, the military data, there was nothing really new presented at this hearing. So... And just as an aside, do, do you think we'll get any any updates for that, or or you think they'll just clamp down <laughs> on that data and try to obfuscate uh, well, it? I mean, I can tell you what they've been doing, which is they've been trying to suppress it. I mean, after 
because my friend Matthew Crawford basically has been the one fighting this and there hasn't been any apparent desire to look into this from even attorneys, much less from anybody doing anything on the side of the military to offer some, some sort of explanation. And I think the the fact that the Secretary of Defense just a few days ago announced that the vaccine mandate was going to continue, I think that should give you an indication of what of where the political side of this stands. I was under the impression that they'd pulled the mandate just recently. I thought, so what I've been hearing for several months is that these services were uh, pausing all of their enforcement and because the impact of the recruiting and the impact to their, to their manpower have been so significant and they were basically slow walking it because the anticipation was that it was going to be overturned very soon and at least at the moment that has completely that's completely stopped so whatever it was that has made them uh of course and well i've got some good news here so uh, shout, shout out to maples uh in the chat um he's uh he's a warrior but uh court of appeals so this is news from costa rica um they've suspended mandates for under 12 years old temporarily um and the reason they were able to do it was proof of adverse events so i mean i don't know what the costa rican data looks like but um the you know <laughs> look i i'm I, I know dealing with legal stuff can be incredibly frustrating. It can't go your way. As, like I said, I was bashing my head against against it yesterday. But I, I really, I really think that it's it's our only only avenue right now. And well, what 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 other options would there be on the table that uh, we we start running and gunning everywhere and just although that may be happening, I was just. I just caught a, a, a news report. I don't know if you've seen this. Did you you, you know about the uh, substations being shot up? I want to say it was in uh, North Carolina um, at the beginning of the week. I uh, know, actually, I don't. Yeah. So, and they they were saying it was, uh, or they were blaming that they had a, a what do you call it, sort of tranny for kids type uh, event on. And it sort of coincided with that. And I was just reading that there's been similar attacks now in, uh, it was Washington State and Oregon as well, all, all within, I, I don't know how recent, I'm, I'm presuming it's within the last 24 hours, but. They were uh, shooting at electrical substations. Mm, yeah. So the, the one in Carolina, I'm 100%, I know someone who's affected by the. <laughs> By the power outages, um, but uh, yeah, there's been some new ones as well, and you know this um, this puts a, it, it sort of goes into the bracket of well, food processing plants burning down, um, 
fuel processing, you know, th these are all things that have seen upticks in, um, I, I would say, the fingerprints of um, unconventional warfare, asymmetrical warfare. Right, uh, except I don't, I don't know if you can call it warfare if, if it's uh, coming from your own country. I mean, just so, to, let's just take this as a hypothetical that um, because of the conflict in Ukraine, we could be looking at sort of, I don't know, Russian assets on the ground here, deciding that they were going to try and cause disruption. You know, I think I, well, I think that's dumb because if if. Uh, it doesn't seem to really make sense because we have more resources than everybody else, especially in terms of energy. So it, it would seem... But critical infrastructure? I mean, how, how much can you how much can you lose before, like say, the, the supply I mean, we lines... Only, we don't lose so much, but I don't, I don't see why Russia would... I don't see why Russia would... I mean, I'm just using them as a, a placeholder. But, well, I, know, I know you are, but I, I, I don't know that I even want to. I, I don't. I don't want to pretend that that is the most likely scenario, because it's not. I mean, Putin doesn't gain strategically. He doesn't gain anything from from doing that. I mean, strategically, if I was him, I you wouldn't have to do anything because. America on its own has been, its own leadership has been doing this. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, it, like if I was going to target something and if I was him, I, I don't know that I would, I would choose random power substations in, in North Carolina. It's not going to attract that much of attention. Well, uh, I, maybe it's just me, but. Well, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the I sort of titled this you know and we were discussing beforehand you know just ab about the implications of biowarfare i don't know where you want to sort of um tee off on, on this particular stream but I, you know. I mean there's so many uh there's so many ways we could go but so maybe, think... maybe actually a good place to start is is the most recent um high bio and looking at because this is so to get people up to speed i was i was speaking to charles about how uh, and it's been disturbing to me from the very beginning how there's always a concerted effort to push any discussion away from the defense side of the equation with respect to um the pandemic and everything that we're we're dealing with right now and um it's sort of become it's it sort of risen to the surface in the last few days uh we were of course discussing uh jay um and his his call to rally around um rfk and today we had another uh, appeal to not go near bio warfare as a um, 
overarching hypothesis with which to look at this th these events and um I, I know you hadn't seen the clip right no i i didn't see the clip but so yeah uh, like if he actually used the word yeah he did bio warfare he did that seems a little strange mm. Um, um, well, it seems especially strange because, like, for instance, uh, Children's Health Defense and RFK, he's he's not been shy about highlighting the these links in the past. So it, it would seem strange that because the whole part of the whole nexus was in his in in the book. The real Anthony Fauci, a big part of that is is talking about this marriage of Fauci with the biodefense establishment, which kind of pulled it more into the civilian realm, and which Fauci's used not only to enrich himself, but also to just share things with the Chinese that shouldn't have been shared. So it would it would seem like it, when, there, when there's all that evidence there, it, to me, it wouldn't make sense to walk a, away from it for any reason, no, um, no, especially I, if the vaccines are directly um, tied to all of this. So I'm just I'm just putting this out there as you know, obviously you know because I've just I've discussed it with you, but um, just for the people that are listening, um, I I'm of the well, postulating, I guess, that if, if we're in a situation where these networks are in damage control mode because, you know, we know what they wanted to push initially, which was it had to be zoonosis, nothing else could explain why we would see what we are seeing. It had to come out of a bat cave in, in deepest China. Um, that narrative got pulled down or it met significant resistance such that they they are having to adjust in real time. And, and I'm wondering how much is, or, or right now, their damage control mode would be enough to go to someone like the High Wire and Dell Bigtree and RFK and say, look, we'll give you uh, what it is that you've been calling you know, rallying to over the last, I don't know how RF, how long RFK has been actually doing this, uh, the vaccine push, but I, w I want to say a good 10 years. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's longer than 10 years. I think in the mid, I think like 2014, 2015 is when he started focusing more on this. Um, so, I don't so, know exactly when, but not forever. But, the, but prior to that, there was all, you know, there was... Uh, uh, a collective always around being sort of quote unquote anti vac vaccine and yes and andy wakefield i think it's, that's his name mm, the MMR. i know it's wakefield i think it's andrew wakefield yeah um he his paper came out i want to say in 2009 where he was like discussing 2009 was that that late 
Really? I thought it. I, th I think it was the one, at least the one that I'm thinking of, which came out. I think it was because I remember that Richard Horton was involved. So they might, he might have had more than one paper. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But but basically, the Lancet published a study from him. Nineteen ninety-eight. That that's when it was. Um, there's another one too because there's well then it may, may not even have been his paper I think that it was but there was a paper that, that was published by the Lancet and yeah the, 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 1998 was in the yeah so okay, and they re refused to retract it for like a decade mm -hmm. I think it was 11 years and it basically it talked about the, like a like a potential tie between autism and vaccines. And um, and if I'm if I'm getting the dates wrong, I, I know that like the bottom line is that this, there was an 11 year gap, and he refused to to retract this paper, which is ironic because he he's the same person who who then ran with a Lancet letter later on, and ironically, um, guess who else has written papers in the past with Wakefield? Good days, Peter Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah. so there's there's a long sorted history here of of science like trying to push boundaries and then uh, being pushed back by establishment. Um, not that I want to give Dayzak any credit, but um, I think that th th this story has been going on for a lot longer than people realize. Yeah, yeah. And and that story is the the raising of hands of people saying, okay, our vaccination, there's something wrong with the way that we do our vaccines. And you know, so basically what happened was Fauci has been pushing this, this concept of, of mass vaccination for all sorts of different things in young children. And so, so it's, it's created legislation like to protect it, and and so everything we're seeing now is kind of a culmination of that, and so that's where. So, is it and, so and, far outside the realm of possibility that, um, as as public attention, we keep highlighting that there is this problem with uh, these programs getting out of control and how that out of control manifests whether it's been we've surrendered them to interests that operate at transnational levels whatever but in their desperation is it possible that they say to children's health defense and other pressure groups look we'll give you that we goofed up we well, goof is not the, we, we made a, a serious mistake in pushing ever more um, vaccines and we'll we'll give you that uh that victory just don't don't go the next step which is suddenly becomes well whether it's a national security issue or a issue that just lands <coughs> lands us far far closer to uh protagonists which again if the, the wef archetype as having their their hands involved in this and i'm just i'm just wondering if that's what we're seeing right now and you know well 
so I think that one of the things I liked about the discussion that Andrew Huff and I had with uh, Kim.com was that we were covering a lot of these types of implications, but also what's coming next. And like, what kind of, what does this leave the door open to? And I, I don't know, it would, it would seem not to make sense to me because it would almost be like there's a tension between national interests and supranational interests in that case. Because personally, I mean, what we were discussing was the fact that it, it, it's not really just China that is responsible for this, that the, the U.S. bears some responsibility for what happened. And so I think there's this misnomer of of not wanting to use the phrase bioweapon. But, but the truth is, is that, yes, we, we should be able to say, on the one hand, that if this is unnatural, the way that it is constructed is a violation of the Biological Weapons Convention. But that doesn't mean that it was going to be used as a bioweapon in the traditional sense of the word. Um, this, this thing should never have been created because it's a threat, not because it was going to be used by one state versus another. And I think, I think, I think that's a, it's an incredibly stupid thing to do because, because the Biological Weapons Convention, if they if they violated that, that would be the violation of a treaty, which is what you know, Dr. Fleming and others have been talking about, and that is a perfectly legitimate and direct way to hold people accountable, even if it's just within our country, like we can't hold China accountable, for instance. But I don't see how they, if they, well, first of all, if they're handing over this vaccine argument and saying, hey, we really screwed up, and you know what, we're going to, we're just going to come out and be honest with you and say that we've screwed up with vaccines for a long time and we've been lying to you. And if they came out and did that, it doesn't reduce their liability. No. Because well, what has killed so many people? But it it, it, so, it takes it takes away the pressure from, you know, large groups like Children's Health Defense that have a sort of large activist base, because of... I mean that's true, it's true. But but they would it would cost them so much. I don't see how it cost them less in the long run. Because you're talking about because how many ninety five? It's actually more like ninety eight percent, if I remember correctly, of kids in the United States for a long time have been getting all these shots. And so if they, I don't think children's health defense would just roll over just for the COVID shots. No, just that's not what for all of it. Right. So they, they, they basically say, look, we, um, we can't have any more scrutiny than, than we have right now. And we can, we, they can isolate people like yourself and myself by 
carving off the other side and saying, you, you, you're going to get a victory here, a significant one. We'll open up the doors to parents being able to um, claim um, compensation, etc. And um, j- but do not, do not. <laughs> stop highlighting yeah stop highlighting that that we've been engaged in these programs because that's uh well i i I could flip that and you could you could also if if we're dealing with this sort of hybrid warfare that um whoever would be pulling the strings maybe maybe would want the chaos of um people sort of turning inward or, or sort of becoming I, I don't I don't think there's a, a situation here where you're too critical of these programs but maybe maybe they would um, it, it suits it suits their needs to have more chaos and so out of out of chaos comes order right they, they get to sort of come in I don't I, I don't know I'm yeah but, I mean, it's one it's one it's one possibility but I, it, it, I just don't see. Like it, it would require, it would require RFK, for instance, since it's basically his organization, to trust the, for lack of a better word, the deep state. <laughs> like, like that's if that was the case. I just don't see how he would trust them because he... Well, maybe it's not a case I mean, of trust, but it's just a case of... I mean, it, it's not like that family hasn't been touched by um, deep state machinations in the past that they've just said, well, you want to be next? Keep keep um, keep pursuing avenues that are um, risky to the, the 1% of the 1%, right? Um, we can't we can't have you going I, mean, I, I, I don't know i think it's i think it's more likely that that they would try to sabotage what children's self defense is trying to do rather than try to deal with them i think that's a far more likely strategy simply because I don't think they want to give up any ground because I, I think that there's any way that you approach this is bad and any way that you approach it, it kind of leads naturally into a whole bunch of other things. And I, I don't think these people are worried about making deals. I think that they, whoever they is, whether that's national or international, I think I don't I think they're trying to hold on for as long as they can until the technology and or chaos allows them to have more control. I don't see them I mean maybe as a short term solution, but I maybe I just have I, I have more faith in the mission of children's health defense than that. I think it's far more likely that they would be, that they would just try to undermine them 
um, in, in, in other ways. I, I don't think that it's, now it could be, I guess I don't want to say never, but that's just my perspective. I mean, well, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine that, that there's something that could be offered given the stakes and given how much I know RFK cares about the truth and he, and how much he understands about how much has been violated of, of our, by our government against the people. It, it's hard for me to imagine that there would be a, that there'd be a solution there that he wouldn't be disgusted with. But I mean, literally everything could be everything at all times, but the one thing that I do know is that, that I'm not part of the deep state and, you know, yeah, I'm, ju I'm just, I, I'm state, just so. trying to sort of, you know, in real time, sort of look at the an analytics and it's, it's not like we haven't seen this pattern of behavior already, which is, you know, and the, the, best example of that was um alina chan and matt ridley saying uh, well basically saying yeah it's it's viral research but it's got nothing to do with um bio warfare programs and they were they were sort of adamant all the time that um yeah don't don't waste your time going and looking there and um you that... never guess what just popped up like just now i had a pop up on my screen okay. and i got apparently i got an email because apparently I'm trying to reset my Facebook password. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> well, look, as uh, as shenanig shenanigans go, um, yeah, this the... is, I like this. This is cute. Um, <laughs> I mean, this but this is the level of things that are happening. Mm. Yeah, this is not the first time I've gotten one of those. <laughs> well, so um, our family's been getting a lot of strange messages. The McCann Dojo server. Has well, we've had to flip the server that it was running on because um, I, I couldn't get access into the um, the company that was hosting it in the last few days. And That's yeah, and again, um, you know, it's, what, it's just another one of those coincidences. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I think that, um, so. Here's the reality. First of all, one of the things that happened in the last couple of days uh, was, you know, somebody writing an article, I think it was Michael Singer on, on Substack, but writing an article featuring JC where with the title of, you know, former Jurassic member or founding Jurassic member renounces lab leak hypothesis uh which is interesting but first what we should what we should tell people is that the lab leak hypothesis is not it's like a really bad name for it because it's not a lab leak hypothesis it's origin it's a lab origin hypothesis what's that no no i'm agreeing with you i'm i'm saying okay, yeah. yeah it's a lab origin hypothesis because Really, what matters? What matters is not whether this came from a lab, or whether it didn't. What matters is whether it's natural or unnatural. Because if it's natural, it came from nature, and if it's anything else, 
it came from the lab. So trying to say that him lab, him rejecting the lab leak hypothesis is a stupid title by itself because it's I, I, I don't, I don't know the individual that you're on about. Um, is he generally a, a zoonosis advocate or? No, no. Michael Sanger is like a. I forget. I think he's like a typically like a Wall Street guy or something. But he has been writing about the origin for a little while, and he wrote a book that was talking about how like the. The Wuhan outbreak. There's a whole bunch of theater and etc. associated with it, and that it was basically, if I remember correctly, designed to like create an, an atmosphere of fear and allow. It was exploited. To, Chaos. Mission accomplished. It was exploited to allow all this, all this control and all this freedom to be taken away, and you know. <laughs> I agree with a lot of that. I mean, th there's plenty of evidence to say that people are exploiting this, but I don't necessarily agree that, that that was the reason why the Chinese were doing what they were doing. Um, could the, could the videos of people like dropping dead in the streets of China be fake? Yeah. I mean, they could be. Well, look, my, I mean, um... now, I mean, we have video of people dropping dead in the streets here, right? right now. Yeah. Dropping on television right now. So yeah. is that fake? Right. I, I doubt it. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe they were testing these vaccines in Wuhan. Well, it, if we look at people die from, from the vaccine, who knows? If we look at the, if we go with the premise that the outbreak was obviously earlier, and I'm, I'm a very, very strong advocate of that, that... Yeah, it was not December of 2019 that this started. And, That's never been true. And if the if the Chinese got wind of it and were trying to roll out a vaccine, um, it we know that they were working on it. I mean, um, I, I want to say Zheng Lishi actually had a paper in Nature where they were um, they published the results in primates of their inactivated vaccine, the Sinovac one. Um, uh, well, there was, they, they jabbed somebody, there, there are pictures of some general or somebody being jabbed in like late February of 2020. So they were rushing things along pretty good. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that the, the this author, he, he, he took it to the that it's all theater place which i'm sure that appeals to jc given everything he's arguing but that doesn't mean that it's all true and that's he's drawing a conclusion from that but i mean there was one article where he wrote about well he he, he wrote about diffuse at one point and basically said that it was fake and i commented and this a few months ago and i commented on this thing and said well, here's where this argument is wrong and wrong and wrong. I know for a fact that this is wrong. <laughs> and here's where you can go see that what you just argued is wrong because this published thing, this published thing, and this published thing. So he's, he's basically, uh, 
it's actually a lot of like what JC is doing where he's, he's making, he's drawing conclusions without knowing all the evidence. And, you know, in JC's case, he should have known better because I told him, but the bottom line is, is that they're not, they're, they're drawing conclusions, but they don't have enough evidence to draw the conclusions that they're making. And, but, the, but this article that, that just came out, I mean, it's, it's the wrong title because this thing didn't come from nature and that's what matters. But all you've done with this title is, is given an impression that isn't true because even JC isn't arguing that it didn't come from a lab yeah, I mean, because an infectious clone has to come from a lab. <laughs> so, so he's not even arguing that. So I think if just the fact that they're not even, the messaging is just off. And I, and I don't know why, I don't know why JC would, would want that. That seems like it'd be a bad thing. If, you, if you're trying to make your case, well, then at least get the title of an article right. That's the, an article that's laying out your argument for why we are wrong. Okay, so I, I'm going to um, play a little devil's advocate around around the diffuse documents um just so we can i, I think it'll be useful for people that are listening sure. and so um one of the bigger criticisms being the um well the or, the paper trail for it is ambiguous because what we're seeing is um a photo copied version that was released and um where's the where's the um uh, the submission documents the rejection letter the um the um, review of the uh the proposal itself well there one thing that people need to understand is that they're all different documents. Then they come from different periods of time. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, to me, I look at that and I say, okay, well, why does that matter? Um, because I know that, because even Flo DeBar on, on Twitter, um, she responded to, I, I think it was Christian Anderson who had been arguing that, you know, the way that the things were scanned, it was like, well, it looks like it was edited or something. And, and she proved, no, it's not, it's not edited. And your argument is dumb. Um, now, these were electronic documents. They were on a classified server. So you cannot email, <laughs> you can't email from a classified server to an unclassified space, not in the way that, like, these are separate networks. So I didn't receive paper copies of these documents. I would have had, that meant they would have had to have been mailed to me. Um, but they had to be printed off. 
to be taken off the server, they had to be printed off. And then rescanned to send to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because, because I, I, could, I, I could have only received them in one of two ways. And, and since I was not the person who removed them from the server, the only way I could get them in any quick amount of time would be electronically. So they were printed and then they were scanned and sent to me. So, and you know, I think it's it's important to well, obviously the 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 document itself was not classified, right? It, it can be argued that there's proprietary information in it. There is proprietary information in there. Yeah, yeah. That is true. In fact, there is a there's a like a separate. Um, I believe it's called source selection sensitive, is what they put on documents whenever they're they're proprietary, and so you're not supposed to release them. Um, but in this case, like it's not a it's not classified in the sense that it deals with national security classification. Then fine, go ahead. I now granted, I was the one who released them, so I don't know that it would matter so much. Well, I think I, I did release them, but um, I, I didn't. You were on the civilian them. side at this point, right? That that's yeah. That's I, the... I, I didn't acquire, like I didn't acquire them myself. They, they were provided for me. Um, but the problem, so, so I dare, I dare Eco of the Lions what sue me. <laughs> Sue me for 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 taking your uh, documents and releasing them. Well, um, I, I I would add this um, for people who are um, that there are university institutes included in, in that submission. Okay, and okay. those those organisations are open to FOIA as well right now and um anyone who's in the u.s foyer duke university foyer the um that duke the duke university that's listed is actually their branch that's in singapore, singapore. Yeah. so um, it's national i think it's national university singapore yeah. singapore tech duke or something so it's like a, it's a that one school is like a collaboration with the Duke that's in North Carolina, but it's not the same. But it, it, you're right. You're right that any of those institutions, there should, there must be correspondence that took place as they were preparing this document. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, you wouldn't be able to get that. That'd be well. To be honest, I, I don't know. Now, Eagle Health Alliance, we probably couldn't get. Uh, but for Duke, private you, company, no. But yes, you could. The I, I would argue this that any um pi so ralph barrick is on that grant okay and he he so would absolutely anything from him or related to north carolina absolutely could be done and i i would i would encourage um you know us right to know all these people that uh have become very very efficient at um, getting this stuff out is to um, get the get the digital records because any any grant that's submitted has to go through internal 
review. You're not allowed to just, as a principal investigator, just say, I'm filing uh, and sending off grants left and right. You, you, you must have it go through internal audit because essentially you're doing it in the name of that um, institute, right? So the institute essentially becomes culpable um, when there's uh, when there's um, problem, and usually these problems are around sort of um, patents and, and proprietary uh, techniques, and you, you want to, and of course, to make sure that you're abiding by sort of ethical standards. But th there should be emails directly from um, or including the grants office within the institute. There must be between Daisak, Barak, Lin Fa Wang, Shi Zheng Li. Am I missing any authors on there? Um, Wasn't there um, Australian? Uh, no, there was, there was a couple of different, um, what the heck? There was a couple of different, um, other NIH labs and, and things. There was one that deals with like aerosolization of things. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I, I don't remember if it was at the Rocky Mountain laboratories or, but it's, it's neither here nor there. They should be able to get documents for at least half of them. I mean, they're not going to get them from China. They're not going to get them from Eco Alliance, but to be honest, I don't think we need. Well, I don't know what else we could get that could help us, unless we could get something that shows that they were already doing the work. But the reality is that the stuff that has already been released, the, the annual reports from EcoHealth Alliance show exactly the work that you would be doing leading up to Diffuse, and even some of the work that was in it, dealing with, uh, they had, they were using SA, the same three main backbones that they talk about in Diffuse were the ones that they were already doing or about to do and so at the same time and just after we know that they were doing these gain function experiments which is why uh, the nih didn't want to release these annual reports so to me when you look at it all together we already know that they were doing like some of the things that were discussed in diffuse were being done already like it's just unequivocal and it's already public the problem is is that they're, they're trying to obfuscate and they're trying to attack one piece of something so that way you don't put all this context together but I mean, they were already like so here here's something else that that i know that i've even written about but i don't think a lot of people realize there was in the diffuse proposal, I, I, I suppose I could share my screen or whatever, but in the diffuse proposal, the there was like a cover summary document. And 
it listed off six or seven or eight attachments that were with that file. Well, if you look closely at that, and specifically the, the version that Project Veritas released, there's, I believe it's the last two attachments out of the eight, they, their titles are different than the other files. And, and I think that's because the way that Major Murray like listed them, I mean, he listed them as attachments. He was listing as attachments to his IG whistleblower complaint. And so he gave the names of every file that he saw in that folder. And there's two files that were in that folder that I did not have. So I like I received all the documents, but I did not. But there's two of them other that I didn't have. But that's that's because they weren't diffuse documents per se. And the the first six documents all have the grant ID associated with the um, DARPA grant. The last two have two sets of grant numbers. One of them being the DARPA grant, and then the others being a different one. And I don't know if that one was ever if they ever if anybody's ever figured out what those other two were, because I know we tried to look for them. So I know that there was talk um, that, well, it got rejected, but then basically, uh, from what I remember, the comments basically being, it's, well, it's not dead in the water. Um, perhaps try uh, re, uh, rewriting and resubmitting, if, if I remember. Right. Now, they did mention that in the fuse. But I, I don't think that matters because that was the DARPA program manager saying, hey, we, in some future time, we might fund some of these things, if not all. Mm. So, but, but what I'm saying is that they did use these things. And in those two files, they, were, they weren't associated with the fuse. But what they were associated with was they were I'm trying to remember exactly how this um, happened. But the bottom line is, is that they, they weren't related to the diffuse proposal. And this was just supplemental data or, um, uh, Gosh, I have to... Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to pull it up here, but I'm just for myself, I'm going to try to pull it up because basically what I'm saying is that what it appeared like was that they were using the same people as, as Indiffuse because... Because I took I took the roster that was for the diffuse proposal of, of people who were going to be doing what jobs and whatever, and I compared it to the rosters that were in um, other FOIA collections that were gathered by White Coast Waste or White Coast Waste Project, because the because those were basically the ones that the Intercept released, 
And uh, let me let me go to my because I actually wrote a story about this on my Prometheus Shrugged Substack. So of course nobody nobody ever read it. The, the, the thing is though, and this is what they're reliant on, that just every day that goes by, we're further and further away from these critical events. And um yeah, they're trying to dissimulate and they're trying to kick the can down the road. Yeah. And the fact that Republicans allowed them to do that and said, yeah, we'll just kind of hold off until after the election. That was absolutely stupid because what were they going to try to do? They were going to try to make sure that the election results didn't hurt. Like, they knew that a reckoning was coming. So you, do you think that there would be no attempt to try to mess with the election? Like, it, it's stupid. It's absolutely asinine. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion right now that, again, we have such a small window of maneuverability. We have to, and we're, it, it's incumbent upon us to use the courts. We, we have to get to the process of discovery. Now, it, it, in discovery, if they turn around and say, aha, you got um, uh, spoofed into into thinking that this was uh, a legit document. Well, okay. Um, now, we know either way, and we've got, a, we've got a handle on, we've got a closer bead on what those networks are. Were that the case, I think it very, very unlikely because of the look. You you have the the interview with Ebola Chan and uh, Lin Fa Wang, right? Um, which was sponsored by Science Magazine, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Lin Fa Wang said they were real. Mm. He said they were now. If you, I need you to unblock your screen share. Oh, sorry, dude. So I can uh, do this. But yes, you're right. There's a whole bunch of different ways in which we know the documents were, were valid and genuine. So they can't they can't come back later and say, oh no, they were fake. Because Congress already knows they're not fake. So and even worse than that, like like I've said before, the, that document shows evidence of intent. So there's not a chance in Hades that they would ever leak it on purpose because it can be used against them in a court of law. And it's just, it's, for them to argue that is, it would be suicidal for them. They would never want to do it because it's, it's self-defeating. So, all right, so let's scroll down here. To do, oh, yeah, there's it's as we unwrap all the different pieces and parts of this puzzle. <laughs> okay, so here we go. This is the IG uh whistleblower complaint, right? Correct. And notice that the document, um, notice that my document does not have Project Veritas painted all over it, so. <laughs> So uh, this should tell people that this is legit. Um, what was what were we watching the other day that was just? Oh, it was of course uh, Robert Malone, who's just just kept dropping Project Veritas, and I was I was sort of getting snippy at 
um, him not sort of mentioning you um, because was he was he talking the other day? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so it, this was in discussion with Andrew Half, and I wanna I wanna say it was trial site news. And oh well, that that's actually from February though. That's from like ten months ago. Oh, it is. Oh, so that was recent. Yeah, that's really old. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's <laughs> it's so it's not. I don't. Andrew's been pretty good. Like, I mean, he he made sure that I got on him with on uh, with Kim dot com, and and I've been talking to him uh, just the last few days ever since his uh, appearance on uh, Alex Jones. So, like, he he's trying to he's trying to ensure that that I get um, an opportunity to to be with him whenever he gets good opportunities. Um, and I, I would say this, folks, people that are listening, um, that these these people have have really gone to extraordinary lengths to batten down um, the orthodox. News sources, scientific journals, etc. Um, th they have their wheels greased with respect to throwing up blocks, etc. Just just around discussing lab origin, and you know, it's after three years of pushing back that oh, there seems to be a little more traction at the moment, and whether whether that's because. Well, Fauci's retired. Well, retiring is the wrong word, but um, he's stepping down from his NIAID um, position. And I don't know if the. Well, again, this comes around to, you know, you can get caught in um, ideation at just, at just about, you know, which network is playing which off, and how how they how they're doing this damage control, and you know this is something that uh, um, Mark at Who's Tonic Live has brought up. Were we were we not on target? Um, would we have seen someone like Robert Malone coming forward the way that he had done if there if there was a um, comprehensive control over the narrative and it coming from bats and Chinese caves um, I, I you know I, d I don't know I mean I, I I'm wary of Robert Malone's yeah just his history of being um, so close to the DOD apparatus that you know, again, I don't want to be caught in purity spirals myself, and I'm, I'm glad that he's. Well, it's, a, it, it's ironic that uh, all these people from all these different uh, areas are slowly converging on the same basic points, and that's why it's a little surprising to see JC decide that that now is, is the time to for his apostasy because he I, found it's, a... you know you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of I had this friend of mine and I know a lot of people have friends like this 
I had this friend of mine when we were growing up. We were in high school, and the band Creed came on the scene. And I know you, I'm sure you remember, and they became supremely massive. Like they were a worldwide rock group that sold a billion, billion, billion copies and were touring the world. Actually, I think in Japan, they still like them. Um, but, but what's funny is that like they gained this reputation like for being formulaic, I guess, kind of like Nickelback. I don't know if you ever heard that. But, but the, like their music was, they were one of those bands that, okay, what, and, and my friend, he, he loved them. He loved their first album. But then he said their second album, you know, they they went uh, pop or they, or they became, you know, generic or they lost their their unique magic and they're just doing it for the money or whatever, you know, they sold out basically. And, and he literally, he, he just refused. He would not listen to the music anymore. Um, and, and he did this with all, all these different bands. Like as soon as they hit the big time, they were, they weren't pure anymore. They were, they, they were, you know, but that's, that's, some, that's some, uh, Truth to uh, how you know, right, right. There's, truth, there's, look, there's truth to that, okay? Mm. But that does not mean that does not mean that they suddenly suck. Mm. I mean, is it, it? It does just because they're you, just because something becomes popular or becomes like the, the mainstream doesn't mean that it suddenly sucks. Mm. It's it, there's this there's this antipathy that we have. That we think things lose all, all authenticity just because more people recognize, for instance, you know, that Creed can make decent songs. Okay. I mean, or Eminem, or, I mean, the Beatles. And you, Wes? The Beatles didn't really have this problem because they broke up so quickly that people don't really remember that. But within seven years, they were. They're basically broken up. God damn that Yoko Ono, that bitch. And so there was never this. There was never this period where they just sold out and just got over the hill, and you know. And so they were. Everybody attacks Yoko Ono. They don't attack the Beatles for sucking. You know. <laughs> but the truth she, is, she that, sucks though. She's really. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, but, but the bottom line is, is just because something becomes the accepted thing doesn't mean that it's wrong. Mm, mm. It, it's like. Like, why would we, if it, would the Beatles be less brilliant if they stayed together and got, they just got old? No, I mean, maybe, maybe things just changed, you know? But this is a situation where we're trying to figure out the origin of, of the pandemic. And we've been doing this for a couple of years now. And all of the evidence that we found points to that everybody's been lying about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And now as we move towards the answer, as soon as it almost feels like as this stuff becomes mainstream, the people on the, on the bleeding edge of it have to somehow like, like reject it because, oh, because Robert Malone says it now. Okay, well, I don't give a shit who says it. But what matters is the truth. What is the truth and what is not the truth? And... You know, good for JC if he if he wants to reject the thing that he's believed for the last three years. But but just because 
he's come to a different conclusion, it doesn't mean that we're all dupes and and we really just need to be following him. Like he hasn't he hasn't offered a uh, a convincing reason for doing so. Yeah, if, and if, the fact that the fact that there's so many people that are that are kind of not going down that path, it's not a sign that we're all stupid. It's not a sign that we suddenly become closed-minded or married to our hypotheses. Like, why would we? Why would anybody think that? It, it, it defies logic to me. It yeah, makes no sense. And I, I would, um, I, I would say this: that any. Um... If there was sort of explosive evidence that t to the contrary of this, um, yeah, of, of course I would look at it. But you know, from my perspective, you know, lit literally when I made my first YouTube channel was, um, are, are we looking? Are we looking at sort of lab origin? And I, I, I put the, I don't know, some blurb about looking at edge cases to try and investigate if we're in a sort of new paradigm of warfare something something sort of along those lines and um edge cases have uh, we weren't just or we were initially but edge cases have become more and more common to to the point where okay there's there's a there, there are converging lines of of evidence and uh, yeah of course always be uh, skeptical of uh, any data especially your own um but be be your harshest critic Ooh. Um, but the the idea that uh, these programs are a distraction, these biowarfare programs are a distraction, that we shouldn't be looking at them, that they don't have a long history of um, all kinds of um, nefarious um, project goals and mission <laughs> priorities. Um, that, that none of that's changed um you know in my yeah, mind there's, there's, there's no there's and there's not even been a compelling reason to change that because we, we've had lots of new evidence that comes out and that new evidence can suggest all sorts of things but what the new evidence hasn't done is negated the previous evidence so one of the things I think that is, is, okay, well, first of all, for me, the biggest problem that I've had with, with this new hypothesis is that, I, is that I wasn't told about it initially. Like it, it, it began being argued without me knowing about it, which is strange given the fact that I, I did know quite a bit about it. And I was tied to it. And so if, if you're going to question the legitimacy of something, then if you know one of the people who's directly involved with something, you know, you might, you might want to discuss it. Know. Mm. You know, might want to just throw it out there. But, hey, I'm going to throw you under the bus and, and uh, just come up with a completely different proposal that has less evidence for it. But I'm still just going to piss all over your, you know, your hypothesis, which was mine until recently. Um, you know, that angered me. But that's not even the only thing. I mean, it's the fact that uh, I was stabbed in the back. 
And so the part that he's not, the part that he's not, he, he's not like framing it like that. So it, it's not just that his that his evidentiary support is questionable. It's not, it's not just that he's that he's not addressing those concerns. It, it, it's also that there there is more to the story behind the scenes, and he's he's not he's being disingenuous by in the way that he's framing all of these questions because he he's he's not pointing out that most of the people that he knows are not on his side on this but he's not even he's not he's not he's not portraying it as that's the case and if he's if he's going to to, to do what he's doing and make his arguments then he needs to be on point with them so and lastly not not least is not only has all of those things been taking place but many of the arguments that he made that he was claiming came from me or from other people he's not aren't our arguments and so he's been incorrectly arguing our case using somebody else's arguments but not ours yeah so there's like there's just a there's a plethora of different reasons why we have concerns about this and it's not just because we feel threatened by his hypothesis in fact i don't feel threatened at all by his hypothesis i don't in fact even if it was true and everything that i knew was wrong i wouldn't feel threatened by it because all i care about is the truth what concerns me is that he's attacking evidence that we already have to support a hypothesis Comes across as shaky. That that's the that's... right. The the whole thing is just it doesn't make sense. Mm. And he's this is not like some grand debate that we're having. He's not having a debate. Mm. He's flushed everything down the toilet and is calling us stupid for not following him. But he's not Moses. He, uh, and... He's a, but if he is if he is Moses, we're standing at the Red Sea, and. He said that the Red Sea is parted, and all of us are looking at the Red Sea, and the water is still flat. Nothing has happened. And he's saying, "Look, it's parted. Let's walk. Let's walk <laughs> to the, to, you know, to the Sinai." But right, we can't walk. We would be swimming. So until Moses can actually part the water, you know, we have to turn and fight the Egyptians. We can't just, mm-hmm. we can't literally just wait forever. And, and uh, you know, it just again, it comes down to um, evidentiary weight legally, right now. And again, if well, people... it's not even just it's not even just that, but that is a big part of it because because literally, you know, at the, at the turn of the year, there's going to be actual investigations into this, and so if if you want to make that case that you have new information, that's great. But don't attack the evidence that we already have when you're doing it wrong. I mean, Michael Sanger is one of the authors who was incorrectly analyzing Diffuse. So right off the bat, the fact that he agrees with JC doesn't mean 
it doesn't add weight to his hypothesis because Michael Sanger has been ignoring evidence. And I went on to his Substack and commented on his article and said, hey, uh, you're wrong about this, this, and this, and this. And I know this because I'm the person who received those documents. Yeah, and what you're portraying is publicly not as public knowledge, and you're portraying it incorrectly. So, so th he needs to. He needs to. He he wrote a book about Wuhan that missed a whole bunch of facts, like which I always happen to know a lot about. So that's why all of this that we're talking about is important because because now I do see that there is this attempt to shift this narrative. And the people who are, are arguing for this new narrative are saying that we're closed-minded, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because basically we've gone from being, you know, Creed on the first CD to Creed to everything else. Like we've gone mainstream. Well, that's ridiculous. The reason why you and me and JC and Drastic and all these people are, are in the middle of this debate is because we've been finding the evidence and fighting the narrative. We, we've refused to accept crap without the evidence. So why on earth would somebody think that all these people from, we're not even on the same continent. Why would all of these people who've been investigating going against the grain do we all, like at this exact moment, become closed-minded as soon as JC came up with a new hypothesis? It's ridiculous. What if, what if we are the people best able to analyze his new hypothesis, given the context of all the evidence that we already have? That's what I think. I think I think we're creed. I think we still got it. Rock on, indeed. <laughs> I'm just saying, rock on. Yeah. Uh... I should play. I should play a song for them. <laughs> the, again, I'm. I, I would just. You have to have some degree of coherence with data sets, right? And when when you take in the past evidentiary support, and I see I see Nick in the chat right now, and you know. His his input to this dialogue has has been um, incalculable from my perspective because yeah I could I could sort of break stuff down within the in the modern context and I knew that there were problems just within institutions generally just from being in those environments but to have this um, and I, I was uh, of course. Uh, I, I, my go-tos for the history are Nick and Mark in, in this instance because they really put the the hours in and show you step by step how how to how to look at these evidence and the history and the the networks and and those gears don't just mesh so seamlessly if there's discordances in the data sets that would that would allude to there being a um uh well i don't know a cointel type uh, approach 
the the, co the, the counterintelligence approach is the is the nonsense machine um, mainstream narratives that do get pushed out, and it's 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 about sort of well you, you've you've got to be able to see see through what the what the DITRA and DARPA and DOD and whatever I don't know what the Russian equivalent is and the MI5, MI6, you know, all, all those organizations want to maintain a public stance and um, have been uh, are very, very skilled at, at maintaining that narrative, for want of a better expression. And I, I just see them squirming right now. And I don't, I don't think that they want to be in a position of squirming ever. Right, because it's it's such a difficult um, job to, you know, push people in a particular direction. Right, it's always hard to manage people, and and in in the case of science, you've got to you've got to deal with people being able to sort of turn up actual sort of concrete data that overturns a, a hypothesis from sort of one moment to the next. And the fact that we've been able to pull into the public domain this, uh, the, the role that these organizations have and have had in the past with um, world-changing events, again, you, you know, which, which seems the most coherent to you, right? And there's a, I've got a fighter jet just going over. Hang on a sec. Those F4s, man. Japan just still flies those. They're noisy as hell. <laughs> All right. Um, what was it? What was I saying? So the, the evidentiary um, thresholds that we have much, much. We were discussing about the swarm threshold earlier, right? You can have a mutant pop up, right? But you have to, you have to get to some threshold to have uh, it sort of stick in in the quasi species swarm. And maybe that's a sort of good segue into the HIV. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think so. I think so. I think you're right because let's face it. The reality is, is that we haven't just been like making up our reasons for concern about these new hypotheses. We're just thinking that everything, everything is fake, you know, including sequencing, including, you know, there's an the virus disappeared quickly. And so it's just been infectious clones that have been released on a global scale in all of these different areas. And there's been coordination. And I mean, it's, it's, it seems strange. And the fact that we, uh, people might not even realize this, but the JC hasn't actually responded just to what we said. Like, it, Whenever we offered up uh, some concerns about his hypothesis about, about species in particular, um, 
his argument was basically, oh, well, this paper was written by, by Denison and, and Barracks, so it can't be true. Okay, well, I mean, is reverse genetics true to, 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 to resurrect these, these viruses so they can be used for chimeras? Is that true? Is that real? Because they made that. We're supposed to just invalidate anything that they've ever published because, because they published it? I'm not 100% sure that's correct because they also published, they've obviously been able to make actual chimeric viruses. So the fact, the fact that they authored something doesn't mean that it's not true. It just means that it, it shows us what they were thinking. And if other scientists have since borne out the results from their hypotheses, then you know what? Obviously, these scientists did something to get to the place where they're at. And so it's 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 juvenile to to write off a hypothesis without actually really going into it. Yeah, and you know what what's the cutoff with respect to accepting you know all the, all the recombinant work because it goes back to well sixties seventies. But we just yeah, we just I, dismiss all that. So he so he's basically saying that I will I will not worry about this one particular slice of research that happens to uh, bring out upon my hypothesis. Um, but I want to validate everything else by the same authors because then there would be I mean there wouldn't even be the chimeric virus to begin with. We would not have infectious clones of coronaviruses if Rob Baird hadn't created these methods back in 2002 and 2005. So why? <laughs> so why should we just ignore what what he mentions here? Because it's it's silly. Because what because what he mentions here is actually kind of important because it's it's germane to the argument that you're making. I just and the problem to... isn't. That, just respond Isn't to someone it, in the it, chat. Um, it should be assumed to be false unless it's replicable. Um, I, I would say that, you know, in terms of biology, they did replicate it, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Much, much of the much of the um, replication crisis, I guess, uh, doesn't really concern these these basic um, elements. This, this fundamental chemistry. Right. It's, it's when you're getting into more complex systems that, uh, yeah, things things can get a little squirrely. Um, the, the like I say, I've I've used these tools, right, and I, I've seen impact, direct impact, on systems that I've operated. And it's, this is okay. You can just say that I've I'm a n of one again, and you're you're sort of trusting me, but. Um, I know there are other people using these systems in similar manner and getting consistent results, and that's that's essentially all all that we have in any discipline, right? Is is a sort of I don't know, but maybe to sort of take engineering as an example, right? That the the principles of sort of hydraulics are understood well enough that they can make a braking system for your car such that it works. 99.9999999% of the time, right? Particularly in modern cars. It's been a long time since I sat in a car and I had like a 
You know, cars would just have spongy brakes, dude, back in the day, right? And drum brakes and all shit like that. Um, we've moved on, and there's some... Uh, of course, there's always, always some point of ambiguity somewhere, I guess, like the, I don't know, the, the interface of the hydraulic fluid and there's some thermal effect that maybe has not quite been taken into account but they've done a they've done a very good job of being able to get on top of that and it, it's it's that applies across many six, disciplines they've been able to give six sigma results with breaks mm. and lots of other things in fact better than six sigma results which means uh, less than three failures or approximately three failures for every million um, instances of something so what that means is, if if that was the case with, say, you go to Taco Bell and you order food and it, and you get it and it's 100% correct your order, that would mean that you could go to Taco Bell every day of your life. I forget the exact numbers, but I, I actually calculated this up uh, last year. <laughs> you, so I'm just going to use, I'm just going to spitball here. You could go to... Taco Bell every day, your entire life, and never have your order wrong once. And not just you, but I want to say it was like 40 of your closest friends. Before one person out of those 40 gets the wrong order <laughs> one time. That's what Six Sigma is. So let's let's think about that in terms of what we're talking about. Six Six Sigma is that. So imagine what a nine sigma increase in the rate of cancer in the United States is. Nine sigma, not six, nine. Yeah, that that's that that's not people missing appointment for a few a few months. That's correct. Uh, that's not explained. That's not that's not explained by all the pandemic shutdown stuff. So you couldn't go and get cancer screenings. No, because what is what is the ethical skeptic showing? He's showing that the, the cohort that he's talking about is not the 65 plus. Okay, he's talking about the 19 to 64. He or 18 to 64. He's talking about the people in the prime of their life that are having relative to all of the past century of data. They're having a nine sigma rise in cancer rates. They're having stupid um, rates of decline in birth rates. And th that's empirical evidence. So, and, and, the, and the fact is, is that yes, excess deaths have, have, tr have correlated with the rise of the vaccination. But, but in 2020, when those excess deaths as a whole were, were not as pronounced, that's because people weren't looking at it by age. Older people were dying at much higher rates than usual. And I know this because I was crunching those numbers. So it, it, to say that all of that was fake or it was, it was like, 
medical medical malpractice versus with COVID medical malpractice. It wasn't, it was not because doctors tell us all the doctors that were on the ground. I have not heard a single doctor and I'm sure there are some, but I haven't heard any that have said that all of this was fake. Yeah. And and even if it's only 95%, okay. If doctors have been treating patients all their lives and they say there's a new, there's a virus that's causing new, a new panoply of symptoms consistently, then you know what? Then something was happening that was not medical malpractice. And, it just wasn't. Uh, and look. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that all of it's, that doesn't mean that there's no medical malpractice or that, or that the cases weren't exaggerated or all this other stuff because none of us have said that. All we're saying is that there was actually something. And that's an important point because the origin of the virus is also tied in with that. That's all we're saying, which makes his hypothesis really, really strange. It makes it an outlier that the facts do not bear out. And oh, well, so I guess, I guess I'll stop sharing. We, we can talk about this another time or whatever, because if we, if we do want to get into that, we can. But the bottom line is, is that, is that we only touched on like one point, and it really just barely, but we only touched on one real argument against the the infectious clone thing that JC is proposing. We have like six or seven different good points that go against it. So I don't want. Well, I I I, I want to. Um look at this hiv data and the variable loops and you know because I, I i do think that oh, did you, oh, oh she did want to look at that yeah 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 okay no, you're okay well, well if, so, if you're okay with it i mean i know it's probably late for you no absolutely so i so i guess i'll just say here that the one thing that people need to look at at the for the diffuse proposal is that the when we looked at the the list of people who were on these documents, they they looked a lot like what we saw in Diffuse. And I pulled up three different rosters. And what you see is the same people doing the same things. So the idea that they couldn't have done this is ridiculous because they already had all the people doing all this stuff anyway. Um, now, Oops. Uh, I'll, I'll just whilst you're clicking about um, this, those organisations that are government and university-like institu- institutes, if they're in your country, please fire them. Get 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 the if you, if you're that concerned with the the origin of this and and i would just say diffuse is just like a cherry on the top that we've managed to dig out there's there's a, there's plenty of stuff underneath that which again points to this particular direction and i guess we're going to really sort of touch on it now um which is these the hiv variable loops and um 
I guess it's dependent on sequencing, etc. But for some reason, they're able to keep finding these loops associated with HIV and have done for decades, right? So so much so that we can um, define them by uh, clade and continent and um, many many other factors that just keep coming through and such that they can be uh, patented, right? And so, well, um, you, you should talk uh, through this. So uh, yeah. ex explain what we're looking at, please, Joe. All right. So just to, to recalibrate everybody, um, in January of, on January 31st, 2020, two papers came out. One of them was written by Bill Gallagher, and one of them was written by a group of Indian scientists. And both of them talked about various homology that, or various um, likeness that the new coronavirus, as it was then called NCOV, 2019 NCOV, had with the HIV virus. Okay, so there were, and Bill Gallagher was focused on the fusion peptide, which is in a different part of the, the spike protein. And, and he, he was ignored, which is important because there were drugs that targeted that fusion peptide that could have been used against SARS-CoV-2. And they, have, they postulated that, and it's since been proven. Like, this is unequivocal. We know this for a fact. And the Fauci didn't do anything with that. The Indian preprint had this set of, well, of course, I just, uh, I, I just put it in, in, in the mode where I can't really manipulate it as a slideshow, but basically they identified four inserts. And an insert is important because what that means is when you take SARS-2, SARS-CoV-2, and you compare it to the original SARS virus, like the, the spike proteins, they're very much the same. But the SARS one, the SARS genome is a little bit shorter. So, and it was shorter basically by the exact combined length of the amino acids from these four inserts. <laughs> now, is it just the four inserts? What about the ORF10? Well, I'm talking about just like the spike protein. Oh, just the spike um, protein, right. Yeah, so just the spike protein. The There were mutations. There were points along the spike protein that were mutations that were different. For instance, in the receptor binding domain, there were five. But those five differences were enough to increase the affinity of this of the virus to the ACE2 receptor in humans, which is pretty impressive because SARS, the original SARS, that was the way, that was the primary way in which it infected cells was through that pathway. So for this virus to have an even more tightly targeted one was, was very surprising for something that had just jumped from nature. And the fact that it had a furin cleavage site, it was specifically targeting a human protease, 
was also strange because that typically for these changes for the effusion for the fusion cleavage side and for the ACE2, those typically have to happen in the presence of a human immune system. Because that's the only way that it a virus doesn't adapt to anything except the whole purpose of adaptation is to, is to adapt to your environment that you're currently in. So that so right off the bat, that's strange. And so what I did was I looked at those inserts and I had been trying to figure out, okay, like what does it all mean? And there's a lot of people who've been trying to figure out, okay, what does this all mean? And I went back through um, vaccine construction. And initially I was doing that because I wanted to look and find, I wanted to figure out more about the furin cleavage site. Like, why did they leave the furin cleavage site in this virus this time? When this seemed to be a change. And I went back and looked and had a whole bunch of stuff. And well, the bottom line is that I realized they had never kept the furin cleavage site. Ever. This is this well, is something that needs hammering home, which is that, that we have them on public record saying that they would always remove it. Yeah. They knew it was problematic. And yeah, actually, I, I feel kind of bad now because I didn't, because uh, we could have just started like at the back of the beginning of this slideshow, but I've already discussed some of it before, so I didn't really want to to repeat myself. Well, there's, there's, there's plenty that needs uh, repeating yeah. and... Um, but let's just, but we'll just do, for the fear and cleavage site, let me just zoom this up because I, I went through the trouble of... of Taking out the background of this image and kind of <laughs> of that. So, so what we see here is uh, to do with all these. By the way, these are all uh, sections from the diffuse proposal that describe certain inserts and things uh, that we now see in in the virus. But the bottom line is that you see here; these are all the different tissues of the body where the where the furin cleavage site can can go into. And that's not that's not normal. It's it's just not. Now when we look at the original SARS, the original SARS could use the ACE2 receptor and TMPRSS2 to um, basically attack certain cells within your body. And I don't. I, this is this is kind of like an IQ test, okay? Because you should be able to tell the difference between SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2. Because the now I would just ask people to look at this and and see if you can figure out what, what does furin do in the big picture here on the right hand side. What is the difference between that and the pictures on the left hand side? Well, I'll I'll ride my own hobby horse and just I, I look above the neck and <laughs> just the brain brain is lit up. That's that's enough for yeah, me right. too. Okay, so, <laughs> so yeah, so so yes, Kevin is, is highlighting the brain, which is obviously rather important. But it's not even just the brain; it's just furin can go. Like, 
this opened up so many doors for this virus. And this is why when people talk about, you know, pandemic level viruses can do this. Well, if you're in cleavage site, it makes it more pathogenic. It also makes it more infectious because it makes it easier for the virus to infect the lungs and the, uh, and the, the airway. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's so much better able. That means that if you get, if it gets into your, inside your body, the odds of it being able to take hold and start an infection are just automatically right off the bat better than they otherwise would be. And with the added thing, a point that I was making on Twitter, uh, well, I've been making it for a year and a half, but, but I just recently re-made the point. And uh, I know that Jay Bhattacharya and, and some other uh, people were, were, were tweeting and retweeting and liking my stuff on this particular one because I, I retweeted my aerosol article that talks about how talks about the impact of aerosol transmission and the fact that our our non-pharmaceutical interventions like lockdowns and stuff were actually probably driving evolution to make it worse in terms of being able to spread via aerosol. And I feel pretty damn confident. In fact, that somebody responded and said, oh, hey, by the way, like in the intervening year, there's there's been hey, this paper, for instance, that has come out and kind of um, made a very good argument that that is the case, or at least part of that is, has been proven. So I feel pretty good about that. I feel like there's some substantial evidence behind that theory. But one of the other things that this does is the furin cleavage site is what evolved to allow ferrets to be able to spread H5N1 in what became the basically the stereotypical gain of function experiment, which basically what it meant is that it gave ferrets the ability, it, gave, it meant that they had created, they have taken a flu virus that kills 60% of the people it infects, and they made it human to human transmissible. And this in, 20, in 2011 and 2012, those, there were two experiments, one from Ron Fauchier, <laughs> who was the person at the, to one meeting and said, yeah, yeah, this is definitely natural. But it, but it was his experiment. It was his experiment that caused that giant gain of function debate to happen. His and um, Yoshihiro, Yoshihiro Kawaoka. Yeah. The two of them basically did the same thing. And what did they do? They aerosolized H5N1 for human-human transmission. And what happened? The main thing that caused that to happen was, was a fear and cleavage site. It popped up because in the presence of the human lungs, it did that. And that's what happens with flu viruses. So that is the reason why they were talking about this. That, that is the reason why they were, like this was the smoking gun. So why would you put that in a vaccine? If something allows a virus to infiltrate a lot of different cells in your body, why would you put that in a vaccine? Because the whole purpose of vaccine is to, like, like, if if the minimal, can... it's to give the minimal necessary to in order to mount a 
an immune response. Yeah, a, a therapeutic right. immune response. And exactly. The again, we. I don't. I don't want to get distracted too much by by this discussion, but it it points to malice of forethought when they they understood it so implicitly. Now, you know, uh, good dog is in the chat. I want to shout him out for um, he, he's he put a paper in the Discord yesterday and. Where, where they're looking at antivirals to induce um, prion-like cascades in order to neutralize a virus. Now, um, right, and just... I can't see anything that could possibly go wrong. Yeah, just, but the fact that these people think like this, um, it just tells me that the, these are these are not the people to be messing around and uh, on the hunt on the hunt for patents and um uh, intellectual property that they can monetize right and because the problem is that they will get the uh, most a lot of people get sold on test tube experiments or in silico um predictions and and go haha we'll, we'll we'll go down that pathway and uh, um in my mind, that, that it's it's even more concerning and more fundamental than uh, the uh, something like the yeah the um, furin as a as a emergent um, target in the in the spike protein, and well, yeah, it's it's a tangent. I'm, yeah, you, you're the one who should be talking, bro. Not me. Okay, I, I'll drag everything to prions always, so. Well, I mean, we can definitely get there because, I mean, that's just another aspect of this. But the bottom line is that they knew. They, they know what a furin cleavicide does. And what, what it, and they didn't just know that. They told us, okay, with this new mRNA that everybody was concerned about, don't worry, because what is it going to do? It's just going to stay right in your arm, and your body will develop, you know, antibodies to it. Okay, well, so explain to me this. If, the, if it's going to stay in my arm, why do I want it to have the furocleavicide that allows it to infect my brain? Well, why would it even be necessary? In fact, I've got a quote from, oh gosh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did the, who who made the decision, I don't remember if I've got actually in here yet or not, but basically there's a quote where Barney Graham says that, um, oh God, I, I wish I could find it. Oh, well, whatever. Um, he basically says, the only quote I've been able to find where he ever discusses or, or justifies why he left the Frank Peterson in was that, you know, he thought that maybe it would cause the vaccine to provide a better, a more robust response, which is absolutely the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. And in fact, he goes on, he goes on later to say in the same quote that he doesn't, he, that Moderna would not have thought of this on their own. 
because and why? Because it is it is on on its face illogical. Like so, so it was. It goes against what they had previously done. And this is Barney Graham, the, the guy who, who who did who made these decisions and sent the sequence to Moderna for them to, to construct. And he was saying they wouldn't have thought of this on their own because it, it's uh, it's it's counterintuitive is what he used the word he used. <laughs> so my my question would be okay this is counterintuitive. How did Pfizer come up with the same counterintuitive thing at the same time? Like, that's incredible. So you mean to tell me that Pfizer and, there it is. I just skipped it. Okay. You mean to tell me that after 20 years, here's a list of vaccines. Of different vaccine prototypes and like the way that they were constructed. Can you, and you said you, you can see my mouse cursor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here, right here in the red, those are the only two out of all the studies I looked at where they retained the fear and credence side. Two. Now, eventually, another one of the other manufacturers did, but at that point, they were the first two ever, ever, and this is not coronaviruses, vaccines, just coronavirus. This is HIV, flu, RSV. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, the reason that Barney Graham started working on vaccines was, was in the 60s, and it was RSV. It was because they created, because it was a failure with the RSV vaccines, and he wanted to solve that problem. And they still haven't. Well, no, apparently now they have. <laughs> apparently now with mRNA platforms, we can look forward to... Uh... Oh, yeah, they have. Well, and, be, and what did I just post yesterday on Twitter? I, I yesterday was a, a wipeout for me, oh, dude. Sorry, I, have, okay. I haven't well, even looked at Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, I, I kind of created a little bit of buzz on Twitter because I posted... Uh, I had gone and... I'd looked at some like autoimmune paper that was looking at different autoimmune epitopes in the virus. And I did my own little, I put it into Excel and like put heat maps on it and everything. And guess what the number two most like antigenic epitope that could possibly be autoimmune causing was? It was the RSV glycoprotein. It was I think I want to say it was E-L-L-D-K-Y, which is, it's just an epitope. It's just part of the, the sequence on the spike. Mm. But it, it matches, what it matches a, a, par, a, a glycoprotein that's also found in RSV. And it's very likely, it's the second most likely to cause an, an autoimmune response on the entire spike protein. And it, and it matches something from, it matches a glycoprotein from RSV. So, so what if, and what I said was, is, okay, so is it, is it lockdowns? The, the, what's driving this tridemic that we're having right now? Is it tridemic or should it really be called antigenic? Right. <laughs> because, 
because what have we just done? We've 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 jabbed eighty five percent of the American public, basically. I think it's like I think it's like seventy that have had the full two doses or whatever. But but it's like eighty five percent of adults. So eighty five percent of adults have been jabbed with this with this, and it, it has a part that matches what's on the RSV genome that's highly antigenic and highly likely to cause an autoimmune problem. Okay, what does that mean? So what does that mean if you if you get jabbed with it and then you get RSV? Can anybody can we raise your hand and, and say what that is? Could that be a, a manifestation of antibody-dependent enhancement? You would... Well, I, I had a graphic that um, pulled yesterday. I just want to bring it up. I mean, because that's the that's the idiocy that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, and and so you mean to tell me that the person who has been working on all this stuff, his entire career, for Anthony Fauci, didn't know this. So can, can, you, can you see that on, I'm not sharing my screen, but are you watching the stream? No, I'm not watching the stream. Uh, actually, I can just link you. If, if you want, I can. Uh... No, no, I'll, I'll send you the via DM, right? And it, it just, it, we know about the excess deaths, but um, the, uh, this, this graph, it's from the UK and um I generally think the UK is somewhat thorough in in their data. And what what this does is it breaks it down into male, female, and age groups as well. And um, if if you can't see that there's something... That is an excellent chart. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That is stunning. Mm. And... We haven't we haven't really got into the winter months yet, right? Where yeah. oh, I would... and see what I told you because see remember what I said earlier in the stream. I said that um, what we saw in twenty twenty, we did see a spike, but that spike was was correlated with age, and so the excess deaths were lower. Yes, well, okay, well, why would they be lower? Probably because we were locked down. Because how do most people die before they're fifty? Car accidents. accidents, I would say, yeah. <laughs> so, so if nobody's driving or doing anything, and we do see this massive spike, so, so this whole argument that that uh, JC has made about excess deaths, he, he's ignoring the fact that there were spikes in excess deaths by age. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what this chart shows. Hey, look, April twenty twenty. What is it showing? Boom! It's showing a massive massive increase they basically called everybody 85 plus so that's where your excess death comes from the virus well uh, and even, but, he, but but an infectious clone the way he, that he's been arguing it that would have already been too long of a time for infectious clones to to last it would not have been possible because it would take several it would take a a, a decent in size infection chain 
for the a virus to really get around to that many nursing homes and get around to 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 people. Like it's just it's not it's not borne out in the data. Well, I I guess the rebuttal would be that again that's just iatrogenic um cause. I mean I'm well, I mean but I, I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, okay, but okay, <laughs> but but physicians saw things that were different, and, it, and it, they it, saw it, massive floods of patients with symptoms that were different. Uh, you cannot just you cannot just weigh that away and say that all of it was astrogenocide. You just can't. Uh, now it, it may have been magnified. 500 fold or not 500 fold but um like five times maybe only 30 or 40 or 50 percent was actual covid but even if it was 10 percent what he's arguing is saying he's trying to negate defeat he's trying to negate diffuse because because it's not actually a threat well it still managed to kill a lot of people Millions of people died from a virus. <laughs> and even if millions of people died from ventilators. And I, I, I would say this important take home from this. That's a, someone just put in the chat. It looks like my crypto portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just but, stock portfolio in general. Like pretty much equities or whatever you want. But the. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um. If it, if this was lockdowns, I I would argue that, especially in the younger cohorts, you would expect it to be closer to the immediate rollout of the lockdowns itself. If this was sort of psychological um, impact, but the fact right. that there's such a radical change from well, you can say. May 2022, it's uh, June, that's June, we'll do the cutoff as June. Um, some, something had to be an, initiating this, a catalyst for this. And the the fact that pretty there much, was... Well, pretty much any square, like if you see the dark red squares are the ones you need to focus on. Because mm. if something was 10% or more difference, that's a big deal. And you've got fourteen and a half percent there in the zero to twenty-four year olds. <laughs> in in the in the Omicron ways, which are supposedly the the more benign um, variants. Now, yeah. um, I just I I don't think all those people were in hospitals, right? And yeah. I, is is a good proportion of this from the vaccines very very likely but again we don't know i don't think we have enough data to discount the virus itself having some impact in this and again my my concern is the interaction between the virus and the the i can say yeah vaccines now i've got keep I've got this muscle memory to the stop, but we're not. The transfection. Right, the tra transfection. I shouldn't call it vaccine. It's a gene transfer. It could be autoimmunity. It could be ADE, like, mm. specifically. It could be any number of things. 
But the bottom line is this chart is excess death. And what people need to understand is that like the first two age brackets cover everybody before 50. And so, so 66% of this chart is 50 or above. So when you start seeing, really for me, what matters is anything zero to 50, because you should not have excess deaths. There should never be a massive shift in excess deaths in an age below 50, because that is, because like, what else could it be? Like you, you could, you could make arguments about some of the other age groups, but shit, the only reason that 85 plus has long stretches where there's, where there's, where there's, it's actually down nexus deaths. There's a good reason for that. You want to know what it they're, is? They're it's so many died, so many died at first that it hasn't caught back up. In fact, not only did so many die, but there were so many people dying in the, in the, you know, 72 to 74 range that didn't even make it to that last bracket. So, where, so where, where, what I would add additionally to that is um, if if it was solely a consequence of, well, you could argue it from both ways, but if, if, if it's not some unholy um, mix and, yeah, like say, autoimmune, antibody-dependent enhancement, and it was solely just the vaccine rollout, then well i don't know there's a there's a peak there at um march 2021 when did they start december right 2020 and then yeah but it, it, it'll it take a while for it to roll out and you could probably say about then would be when it was rolling out so yeah to, to see a sort of peak there if we're keying in on vaccines um you could argue there, but it's not holding for the males at that point. And then, you know, the what was the was it a month that they were doing between shots or two weeks? I, I three weeks, three weeks for Pfizer and a month for Moderna. Um, so, uh, there's a. Uh, I I can't I can't dismiss one one or the other right now out of hand and so in any analysis going forward we have to say this until proven otherwise we have to consider that there's a um, contribution from both sides of the equation here and uh, again getting getting back to the sort of sub subject title of, of this talk, which is, um, are, are we dealing with biowarfare? And the, uh, the consequences of it. And I, I can't dismiss that yet. And all the time I can't dismiss it. You have to hold it central in anything that you're doing right now. Or, or yes, any analysis that you're doing. I would say that it has, I think when we use that word, people, they, you know, they, 
they react to it because because um, they don't want to start like a diplomatic incident. They don't want to have a war. They don't want to. They don't want to deal with the consequences if it was a bio warfare agent. But what people need to understand is that it's entirely possible that they could have been working on something that that had that intended purpose, but it, it was an accident. <laughs> or or there's all sorts of things. I mean, it, it could be that it was... Like, we don't know how it got out. We don't know if it was intentional or not. We don't know if it was from an adversary or not. And that should scare us. Okay? But what we do know is that from all the evidence that we can gather, it's not natural and it's not meant to be beneficial. <laughs> and, uh, and the vaccines aren't really helping. The, yeah, the vaccines aren't so helping, dude. <laughs> it's really the crux of the problem. And we have to be able we have to be able to admit the problem before we can that's the first step. Before we can fix the problem, we have to admit that there is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, whether you believe in a higher power or not, uh, you know, we have to believe that the, the answer to this problem is not going to come from our government. Because what if our government was the problem? Mm -hmm. I mean, we already know the problem with with the vaccine because they're hiding data from us. Yeah. And, and we have to ask ourselves, why would they hide data about a vaccine? Why would they obfuscate about the research that they were doing? Um, and I'll say again, you know, we're going to hear a lot in coming months, you know, <laughs> National security, you know, for reasons of national security, we have to do this, and we can't talk about it because it's a threat to our national security. Um, and what people need to understand is that the term national security, that term has meaning, kind of like public health has meaning. And public health is failing. The job of public health is to keep people alive and healthy or at least, you know, point us in the direction of things we could be doing to make our lives better in like, terms of health. Like not buying vapes and... Uh... Right. You know, like 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 making us feel guilty because we smoke or something. Hmm. Um, but it's... And so... When, when you think about it, the, the we kind of set ourselves up for this how would you say encompassing all encompassing attack across many many different avenues and they literally weaponized if 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 there's if it's like a binary attack vector right so virus plus um exposure via the gene track well let's just say um medical intervention in this particular instance right because there's there's not just gene transfection out there as a as a vaccine pathway um and 
we've we've allowed ourselves to be pushed by public health policy to that essentially has done the opposite of what it's supposed to do and essentially increase the carnage that we we we, we would predict or hope yes uh, that, that, that graph you showed that you, that you sent to me it was just on screen that is an example of public health failing because the pandemic started in january of 2020 and the excess deaths are still escalating now so if the goal of public health was to minimize the impact of a crisis like this they have failed because more people are dying than should and the wrong people are dying because the, all of these increases in excess death are coming from the wrong age groups well it's, you know you can sort of take the inverse of that as well which is and this is i, I <laughs> encourage people to think this way Yes, failure in public health, but from another angle, it's it's uh, it's a spectacular. If it is what we think it is, it's a spectacular uh, result with respect to deploying the weapon itself, because they've they've managed to um, stretch out the window where people would sort of make the causal connection. Oh, so Mrs. Jones down the road got ill two weeks ago. She's no longer with us. Whereas now what we're seeing is something that's stretched out months. And so we, we don't know where the, um, the insults have occurred to start seeing this um, excess death that we're seeing right there. And it, it might be that uh, the those rubbery amyloid clots are, are doing their thing. I mean, it, it comes back to the question that we were first discussing, which is, shouldn't it be showing up more in um, routine exams? Yes. Um, yes, it should. But we don't know. Like, we don't know what people are even looking for. Mm. And, they're, and we know that doctors have been in, intimidated by public health officials to not link certain things to vaccines. And well, even if they do, even if they do, we don't have that much faith in the rest of our institutions to say that whoever codes the death will, will be coding it correctly. I mean, that's what uh, John Baudouin, uh or Bowden, sorry if I get his name wrong, but he has done incredible work and he's been on, on JC stream. He's been on a whole bunch of different platforms now. And he went through every, I want to say it was like every death certificate in Massachusetts. And he was able to show that the, the vast majority of these things, they were coded as, as COVID or not. Like these people were not dying of COVID. And it's, so, uh, hang on. We have to preface that with not dying of the respiratory Right, right. That's right. because th there's there's very different, um, or you could read that very differently or understand it. Right. Okay. So I guess I, guess I shouldn't say dying. Or 
because the, the, there do appear to be a lot of people dying from the spike protein of <laughs> of SARS-CoV-2, but um, but the bottom line is is that what they are telling us is not what the facts are are, are laying out for us. It, it's incongruent with the facts. It is congruent with the vax. So, and and that's really the problem. And I think that shifting back over to to this, okay, when we think about all those excess deaths and we think about how they're correlated time-wise with the rollout of, of the vaccines, well, here on, on this page, what am I showing you? I'm showing you that they are, that for decades, what they have been doing is making vaccines and never putting fear in cleavage sites. But now, now that I've shown you that, I'm showing you that it's not just the fear in cleavage site. It's not just down here in the left bottom left-hand corner. The the very the last four amino acids in this little sequence, when you translate it over to the SARS-CoV-2 genome, that is the S1 portion of the Shrink Cleavage site. Now, Prathan et al. found four inserts, not just one of them. And what I did was, is once I looked at all of these different studies, I found out first that the that inserts or that all of the four of these inserts came from different clades. If I if I had put in the full chart, it was on the right hand side at the top that, that lists out the inserts. If I could, if I didn't cut off the other half of it, it would it would tell you like which clade that type of virus that, that HIV came from. But it was four different ones basically. And for a long time, that was the, like the reason that they, the argument that was made in peer-reviewed publications, why the Pradhan et al. paper was BS, was, was partly because the pieces were from four different HIV strains. So it couldn't possibly be from HIV because nobody would ever use four different strains to make that, which is completely BS because for 20 years, <laughs> well, it's actually more for like the last decade for this part. They, they've been using what's called multi-clade construction, using different pieces from different regions of the, of the world because they want, they want their vaccine to be more likely to produce a response. And so they want to cover as much of the different variants as they can to try to get that immune response. Now they've never succeeded but see, that's not the point. <laughs> the point isn't that these inserts are from the vaccine construction because they're not. That's what I want people to understand. I see zero evidence that this virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that it was ever meant to be a live attenuated vaccine, which is one of... Like it's one of the excuses that 
that people might be trying well, to make. It, it, it would be fair. I would say it's a competing hypothesis. Yeah, it's a competing hypothesis. Okay, that if someone made this vaccine... And it got out COVID, before it was ready, right? And say again? It got out before it was sort of ready for prime right. time, right? And Right, but before they'd fixed it, hmm. it was either... This either this was a vaccine and it either attenuated after they injected a bunch of people, which means it, it, it returned back to its like natural virulent state, or it just was never a good candidate at all, and they hadn't stabilized it enough yet. I, and I just want to tell you that I think we can categorically deny that. So it's important to explain um by the confirmational importance right. of structure and why right so so the reason why i say that is because when i went back and this is just one graph from one study and i looked at dozens i looked at at least 20 hiv vaccine studies but it, when you do and you go back and look at those studies this graph shows um, the the colored portions. There's there's eight different vaccine candidates that this compares, and the colored portions in each row represent how much of the genome of HIV from from the gag or the pole or the envelope or the NEF which are different parts of an HIV virus. This shows for each vaccine candidate how, like what parts of that virus are actually in that vaccine candidate. And they're called I mean, epitopes. And basically the, the whole purpose of this, what you want when you make a vaccine is you want to, you want to get as much as you can of an immune response without giving somebody the actual virus <laughs> and getting sick. You just want enough to where your immune system will see it and they will they will react to it and produce antibodies to it that if you ever do get infected, it will be able to neutralize whatever comes along. And that's the whole purpose of, vac of vaccines. And what we see here is that for all of these eight different ones, everywhere where these those four inserts would be on the HIV genome, none of these eight vaccine candidates have those in there. Now, like for for a few of them, especially like over here in the top left hand corner, like you might say, okay, well, there's a little bit of stuff showing up there. But that's actually not exactly correct because this is counting. This is going by nine mer. <laughs> this this isn't looking at every single amino acid. It's looking at I see. it's, it's binned. Yeah, it's binned right. basically per um, nucleotide. So it's taking a nine mm -hmm. nucleotide bin and smoothing out. Right. Right. Um, so I, I I guess you know what people watching this would be should be asking themselves is do we do we have a sort of real gotcha moment like with the uh, 
them saying that they would uh, and is it is it Denison in that that says that he would never put no who's the one that says they would never put fear in cleavage site uh, that that was um, isn't that Denison no that was Dormitzer Dormitzer okay uh, and the the answer is yes the answer is yes this is okay. gotcha okay because first of all the the fear in cleavage site <laughs> is one of four these four inserts <laughs> it's right. half of insert four over here on the left hand side so. So right there is the fear of cleavage site. And if it, if you went over to that part of the genome in HIV, it's not ordered exactly the same here, but um, it, basically it, it might not act as a cleavage site in, in the same way that, that I, I don't know a good simple way to explain it but the well, is just, they just they always the, take it out yeah the, it, it may have slightly different the epitope may have slightly different functional yeah. properties right um <clears throat> between the two different viruses but they're they're sure to remove them anyway because they're, they're flagged as being problematic exactly so so you would not want this in a vaccine and so the key thing here is that it's not just that it's all four of these. And, and we have the, and so what we need to understand is that these other three inserts, these come from what's called um, GP120, glycoprotein 120, which is a part, it's basically it's it, it's the it's analogous roughly to the spike protein of, of SARS-CoV-2. It's, so as GP160, before it splits into GP120 and GP41, um, this is how the HIV virus gets into your immune cells. And where these, these pieces sit in the genome, they sit in what's called variable loops. So there are areas that are that mutate very frequently, but but they're they're, they're in, but the reason that they mutate is because these are the parts that interact with the with your immune cells to try to infect them, and it's constantly shifting slightly so that way your immune cell can't um, protect itself against it. It's like it's like a key with constantly shifting um, combinations, <laughs> and there's this constant battle between your immune system and, and the virus. And so the, the virus is trying to maintain the ability to infect, but at the same time um, adjust as necessary to whatever your immune system is is looking like, and. So they took those parts, they took them off of the variable loops, and they put them onto the variable loops of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So what that means is that in order, and I, I'm trying to remember now where I, I put it, because I shifted this whole thing around. It might have even been there on that same one. What did I do? Oh, here we go. So, 
basically what we have here and actually no i take it back there was another i had another page where it actually showed this there it is here it is yeah oh no, oh, no i didn't take it with them well anyway we'll just put it out there <laughs> Okay, so where the circles are, on the left-hand side, these two circles show where the... Oh, man. My brain's going to fry here. Um, well, the, these green segments right here on both sides of the of GP120, those are what we would see as, the, as if you're in cleavage site. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I take that. That is the fear of leaving site. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> now we're looking at the SARS-CoV-2 virus, okay? Um, and but the the circles also look at the the ah, dang it. No, let see. Oh, Let's see. Obviously, this PowerPoint was not dressed to receive. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. So right here in the on these edges, three of those three inserts, when you look at them in 3D on the actual genome, they they are perfectly placed. Perfectly placed to be the most accessible. They're like the outermost parts. Um, and, and basically that's the, that, that's where you would want them. If you wanted them to infect certain cells, you'd want them right in the outside where they'd be most likely to, to come into contact with, um, the tissue that they're trying to, to get into. And, and most disturbingly that, um, <laughs> this is geared towards immune cells exactly so you're talking about so if you wanted if you wanted to give another virus the the same ability that the hiv virus has these are three of the most important things that you the most important epitopes that you would want and here's where it gets insane because the argument has been that these three inserts naturally appeared in this virus. Which means that not only were these, would have been heavy random mutations, I'm sorry, random inserts, and, and that means there had to be some sort of recombination, which by the way, um, because of genetic distance, they, they probably couldn't, they would have had to come from another coronavirus that was similar enough, but they didn't. And these came from three different continents of HIV. <laughs> but these three random pieces all came together in this. They jumped from the perfect spot in HIV and jumped over to the perfect spot on a completely different virus with completely different construction. Because they, these inserts didn't just appear in random spots in SARS-CoV-2. They appeared directly in the perfect spot. Literally, uh, I, it could not be more perfect. An, an important point here as well is, although we're dismissive of zoonosis, the uh, the reservoir from which this comes from is 
vastly different to HIV, SIV, um, right. which is a sort of... Bats are not getting simian immunodeficiency virus. Right. And somehow, <laughs> somehow, they're just this uh, wormhole effect that, 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 that positioned these... Um, and like I say, the initially you could sort of bite into the rebuttal that oh they're very short um pieces but no not not in the manner in which we find them and not when they're like you say they're inserts and they take the <clears throat> most some of the most disturbing aspects of hiv which is the the ability to uh, uh, assault directly your your t cells uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that—that's that, not how nature works. Because you, you would have to also—you see this nowhere else. And in the real world, if there was this random nature to this, then you would see other see, inserts, yeah. completely unrelated, also appearing. But there are none. If you—if you go to the genome, and and you. If somebody can go right now to the SARS-CoV-2 genome and count how many inserts there are, are there how many other inserts besides these four are there in the entire spike protein, which is 12, 1,273 amino acids. Um, and I'll just go ahead and uh, spoiler alert. Uh, these are the four inserts. <laughs> The difference in length between SARS and SARS-CoV-2 is basically exactly the combined length of these four inserts. So, I mean, it could be natural, but you want to, but guess what else is going on with these inserts? And actually I numbered, one of these is numbered incorrectly. So it's actually only three of them that are, but it doesn't really change the overall impact of what I'm saying. So, scientists went through in May of 2020 and they weren't looking at the HIV inserts. They were looking at in the entire spike protein, <laughs> what are the immunogenic epitopes, um, specifically looking at B cells. Like, so what are the ones that... Uh, there's salient potential epitopes that, that, that your immune system is going to react to. And guess what pops up in these? If these were random sequences, why? <laughs> they can't be random. <laughs> okay, so well, let's, just, let's just look at this. So, um, and actually, I might, I might have to unapologized because I take that back. All four inserts are in here because here we go. Insert one, two, three, and four. All four of these inserts are among the 13th, 13 major immune targets in the entire spike protein. So your immune system is going to notice these. And it also has the longest single um, epitope. This is this 13 amino acid sequence right here is the one that has the furin cleavage site and the QT, QTNS before it, which 
so combined, it is the most accessible <laughs> epitope. Uh, B cells or T cells? This is. Uh, it might B-cell. be both. Uh, but this is B cells. Okay. But, but okay, so let me. Uh, so j- just because. It, so I, I guess I should clarify here that T cells is what HIV is mostly. That's what it's known for. But this this was just looking at just antigenic potential period, and 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 there was more than one of these papers. So they were looking at because antigenic epitopes is a big deal. Like this is how you 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 figure out what is going to work as a as a vaccine or what's going to work for anti or monoclonal antibody targets or so most of your therapeutics is all centered upon these things that we're talking about which is why they have the hiv genome so well mapped out <laughs> because they've been working on this for so long so for them to take f- four that they would never they would never do it here they are dropping them and keeping them and being just absolutely sure of themselves 48 hours after getting the genome sequence they're ready to they're done and dusted and they're ready to to manufacture the product <clears throat> it, it's just insane yeah um because 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 they knew they they just knew well and there's okay. no way to isn't isn't there an argument to say well if it's antigenic it's good right um track, sure i track. guess i suppose but um but then the counter argument to that is if if that's the case then why would they take them out because mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go here's if you wanted to do if you wanted if you're trying to because these are t-cell based strategies for hiv1 vaccines why on earth if you see an epitope that comes from hiv even if it's not even if you think this virus is natural here we have they would know because that Korber, the, the the authors of this paper right here, this was in October of 2019. Okay, and and the different um, vaccine types that they were that they were investigating, some of those came directly from the Vaccine Research Center, which is the same exact human beings who made the. Um, who made the Moderna vaccine? So uh, uh, the presumption here is that they've they've done the experimental work, which says we have to exclude these repertoires, right? Even, yes, even, and, even, and they've even, done it for decades. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying I'm trying to um, what's the experiments where they said, oh, if we put these in, then it causes what antibody dependent enhancement. Not, not in this case of its T cells. So, what's the, what's the pathophysiology that emerges 
when they try to put these sequences into um, these vaccines. That I mean, we, we would have to go back and, uh, like, there are thousands of papers related to HIV so it, and to vaccines to make them. In fact, the Vaccine Research Center was created by Anthony Fauci for the sole purpose of, of working on an HIV vaccine. And it was only after a decade of doing that with no luck that they added the mission of these vaccine platforms for flu and for coronaviruses with the goal of creating a pan-coronavirus or a pan-influenza vaccine. But all they learned so much from the HIV vaccine stuff that they they use that as the basis for these new technologies because because the problems that they were having with it with HIV because the fact that it mutates so much and it's so variable is exactly the problem you have when you're trying to create a pan coronavirus vaccine because you're trying to cover all the bases all at one time I mean these are the exact same problems and so they were looking for the, they were looking for a solution for all of them. That's that's the reality of this is that that Anthony Fauci's dr wet dream was was to do the HIV vaccine and the things they learned from that HIV vaccine made them think that hey maybe maybe we can actually do a pan coronavirus vaccine or pan influenza vaccine. The problem was is they were they were decades away or at least a decade from having any viable candidate they, they were nowhere close i i need to understand better what what would what the physiological consequences pathophysiological consequences of leaving those in when they've i have to make the presumption that they've have put them in right because they've got such a high antigenic score that you would say great right. right. presumably now once again I can't, I can't like, prove this, but we have to, this should be enough to make us say, okay, you know what? <clears throat> if we know that, if there's no natural pathway for these inserts to have come there, and then we go back and we look at the HIV genome and we look at these inserts and we say, okay, they always take these parts out. Well, Let's think about it for a second. Three of those inserts come directly from the variable loops of GP120. And what are those variable loops do? So you, what we should be asking is, what do those variable loops do? And basically, <laughs> the, the reason that they're variable is because they are a key part of... Of, of, of the receptor designed to fool the cells that they're trying to infect. Because the entire point of all this is to get inside the cell. So now what the, the so part of this, I, I wish Tony Van Dongen was here because he, 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 he could explain this much better, but, but Part of what this does is that 
these viruses, this whole type of virus, they use glycoprotein to mask um, the virus, to confuse your cells, okay? So, so really, so these, so these inserts, what they're doing, they are making, they are improving the ability of the virus to do what it wants to do. Um, to, to, to really go deep down into it, I mean, I don't, well, I don't think, you just, you become... I couldn't say anything definitively. Well, but you just get to the it's presumption. It's clear what they should be doing. You get to the presumption that it's specifically targeted to your your T cell repertoire, um, your T cell population, and um, that that yeah, just I mean, puts we... us into the <clears throat> weapons category again. Exactly. Exactly. Now this is the this is the picture that I showed yesterday on Twitter, and I think I mentioned it briefly here at the beginning, but I don't think I showed it. But this is something. This was a different study that looked at, and the, the title of it at the top was "Potential Autoimmunity Resulting from Molecular Mimicry Between SARS-CoV-2 Spike and Human Proteins." <clears throat> So, um, basically what I did was I took the data that was, that was in one of the tables and I, I added heat maps to it. And, uh, what it shows is that, um, the number two epitope in terms of potential autoimmunity <laughs> from things that resemble other things in your body or other virus receptors, etc. Uh, the number two one resembles the fusion glycoprotein for RSV. Now, respiratory syncytial virus, if you haven't uh, as, heard... As we prefer it around here, uh, chimpanzee coriza virus. Oh, sorry. Yes, to use the original term, yeah. Uh, to for for the sake of Nick here, uh, RSV RSV right now is making a comeback. Okay, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, why is it?" And the excuses that are being thrown about are basically that you know we were in lockdown, so we're we're losing herd immunity to to all these normal viruses that, that go around. But, the, but one key thing that I've been hearing is that they're not seeing, it's less about more cases of RSV. The real problem is more severe cases of RSV. That's the problem. That's what's filling up hospitals right now, is, is RSV flu and, and COVID-19. Well, there's a couple reasons for that, probably. One is very likely immune suppression that we're seeing from COVID-19 or from the vaccine. Really, it could be either. <laughs> the bad parts of the spike are in both. Um, so I, I think that it's, that it, and I've assumed that immune suppression has been a big reason for that because you're getting, you're getting uh, sicker because your overall immune system isn't functioning as well as it used to. 
But, but if all these people are getting, and so so for children under 12, most children under 12 have not been vaccinated across the world. Okay. So for them, I would say it's more likely that it's RSV. Um, Or actually, I take it back. Normally you would say, okay, that's, Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I just completely negated. Like, this is, I'm saying it wrong because it doesn't really matter where it came from, vaccine or not, because 99% of the of humanity now has had, now has antibodies to SARS CoV 2. Um, so, what that means is that if the virus is in any way affecting immune function, that would go a long way towards explaining why our, when you get RSV, it's worse. And another factor, and that would be, is if your immune system, if, if you're, it's getting an autoimmune reaction to um, RSV because it's recently seen, <laughs> because it's because it's created antibodies, primed to create antibodies. So um, I'm just looking at that and actually what's the table and... Um... What's kind of disturbing is the TB uh, one there as well, because if we if we would sort of take the view that um, oh yeah that's true yeah I mean I, right the yeah, virus is, virus not just one there's more as you can see there, this is, there's more epitopes than just what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, but yeah you're right you continue well I, no I mean the, the point being that. Um, well, you, th- th- those that would argue it's, it's just infective clones or, or viruses aren't real per se or whatever. Um, vir- uh, I don't think any of them are doubting bacteria and um, their ability <laughs> to... That's a good point. Right? So, um, good point. So we've got something here that could potentially sort of lighten uh, a, a sort of disease cascade that is very pervasive and very tough to remove from the environment. And right. yeah, I, I mean, you know, when you think about what a TB vaccine is, I mean, that's just attenuated bacteria, right? So I'm just, I'm, I'm even wondering if the TB vaccine could be a driver in this type. Uh, well, I, there's a whole bunch of doors that could be opened and and once again i don't i don't think that jc is wrong for for investigating what he's investigating and i don't think that for instance um dr lee who was just on the show but but like he's got really interesting points and it it should be investigated (laughs) and i think my argument is that we shouldn't close any door. Um, I mean, part of it is that I, I I don't think the evidence leans in the direction that he's talking about, but but I've never rejected anything. I, my my approach has never been different than what it is right now, and I've never closed off any avenues. And and I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't do it because we don't know enough to really say for some areas. Yeah, and I, I think oh. that needs to be the sort of take home from this, which is that 
what you're looking at here is leveraging of multiple disease mechanisms and pathways that have all yeah, just emerged under very, very suspicious circumstances. And um, we as, or it, it's, in, I, I'll go back to what I've always said. I said th this winter will be the sort of um, make or break of the weapon hypothesis. And, and if we see uh, carnage this winter, to me, that's, that's an indicator that we're not, uh, we, we've stepped outside the realm of commonly understood um, pathogens. And we're dealing with something much, much more complex. And the fact that we see it in the, not just- It's not looking good so far this year, you said. No. Um, and so, <laughs> all, the, all the early indicators that I didn't want to see are, are emerging. And yeah. yeah, and of course, then um, on top of that, we get the, uh, the amyloidogenic um, sequences. This is the six. Mm. Those are the sequences that are on the screen right now, are the amyloidogenic um, portions that are suspect. So, so right there, what you're seeing. <laughs> so we're seeing um, we, we have these very suspicious things that, that have amyloid, amyloidogenic potential as highlighted by people who know what they're talking about when it comes to that. And we, a lot of people have poo-pooed this idea. They've said, okay, well, the, the signals aren't strong enough to justify us being worried about that. And well, guess what? What we've been arguing is that if your immune system is suppressed, then then there could be that could make it easier. That could lower the threshold, just like it lowers the threshold for cancer, because <laughs> it's easier for those cancer cells to to propagate instead of being killed by your your natural killer cells, or just yeah, as as they prop up, your immune system kills them. Every day of your life, your body is killing immune or is killing cancer cells. And every day of your life, your body's producing cancer cells. And it's this constant cycle to trim, it's like mowing the grass. Your, your, uh, your immune system is mowing the grass all the time. And then as it ages, your immune system becomes less and less um, able to mow the grass. And so it starts to get overgrown. And that's why, that's why when you're older, like the... The odds of getting these cancers, most of the cancers increase, is because it, the, the cancer suppressing parts of the body are breaking down. It's just a natural, it's a natural process, and there's no reason to assume, based on the evidence that we've seen, that wouldn't also be true with these amyloidogenic um, pro properties, because that's exactly what we're seeing right now: is yep. expanse in cancer. <laughs> and then amyloidogenic processes and, and diseases that arise from it. Um, we have Alzheimer's. We I saw adolescent Alzheimer's. A yeah, I mean, it, it is a thing. Saying, uh, yeah, I mean, very, <laughs> very <laughs> rare. I was just, like, there's, you should never have an article about that. Right. And how it's increasing. And it's magical. And we have no idea why it's happening. Right. The only the only way you should know about it is because 
you're a, a geek like me and you've just gone in right right um, you're, you're a neuroscientist who studies neurodegenerative disorders in the brain okay i i was just on some random website and i saw adolescent alzheimer's <laughs> is it becoming a thing are you serious yeah and well, no doubt in the corner there was a pop-up ad for uh, um, childhood uh, heart attacks. And but speaking of which, <laughs> just yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, probably the only reason that we know it, but um, is Rod Stewart's son. Did you see that story? You know who Rod no. Stewart is, right? Of course, I know who Rod Stewart is. Right. So his twelve-year-old boy had a heart attack playing Jesus soccer. Jesus Christ! Right. And Holy Rod Stewart, shit. Rod Stewart's one of those mouthpieces that they've used for saying go out and get um, vaccinated. He's lost two brothers wow. to um, to heart heart attack like illnesses, and now his son playing, playing soccer is just. I think I think they might have resuscitated him, but um, yeah, if, if oh, there's, God. there's there's a good chance that. The young lad was uh, was offered up by his by his father. Safe, safe and effective, right? <laughs> just one in a million, one in a million. <laughs> and that you know that's on the back of them literally having public health campaigns. That really disturbing advert with the the girl playing football, and then she's she just face plants into the grass and. What a, what a world, man. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but <laughs> if if anybody looks at this and uh, and gets upset at the thought of us even investigating if this was like out of a bioweapons program it, and they're gaslighting us about 12 year olds having heart attacks um i mean you, you need a recalibration man you, you need a recalibration because because even if because it, it doesn't have to be a, a diplomatic thing like this doesn't have to be okay we'll start a war china because they because of this virus um we need to know what this is. We need to know the origin so we can know how to stop it. And what this obviously is, is that why on earth would anybody be censoring people who are trying to find the truth? Because what did we what what came out today? The next batch of of the of the Twitter stuff that, that Elon is exposing. And the first the first part came out and everybody was like, oh yeah. You know, nothing burger, nothing burger. Okay. Well, guess what? They just released today. They just released, like, explicit details of how they were targeting us, basically. Oh, I mean, what, what, what do you think the odds are that your profile and my profile, if they actually looked at it and published it, does anybody doubt that we're on lists? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I know I've been throttled. Mm. And what just came out today, uh, the exact specific, like the ways that they throttled and lied about it. Well, I, I, need, to, I need to see these. Uh, 
Oh, it's only like they're only scratching the surface. But what they're, we have, it's just proof that everything we thought was happening was happening. And not only is it happening, but they're all like official, like this is not like some, some loose cannon. Right, right. It's become doctrine within the within this the... was this was doctrine the, the ceo like he was he was part of this this membership group that was making these high level decisions so like jay Bhattacharya, for instance uh like he, <laughs> he he was in the top batch which means that it had to come this is the coolest part is that it had to come from this from this like this top echelon of decision makers, because there was a special category. Like if you were just, you were so heinous, but also so well known that like they, they the, can't, they can't, they can't just uh, take him out, right? So they've got just subtle ways of uh, yeah. So, so they have to manipulate those stuff. <laughs> but I mean, we're talking about like emails back and forth from these people in the C-suite saying yeah okay well we're not gonna do this okay let's do that we can't we can't delete him yet (laughs) so let's just so let's just with with ways that nobody else knows let's just make it so he can't so people can't see his stuff which is exactly what happened and and that's just twitter think think of how much they've permeated oh yeah it's not like it's like twitter is the only Mm. place where this is happening but that's why it's so frustrating for for JC to complain that we're still on Twitter. Like well, I'm not, I'm not back. Okay, on well, yeah, you're not, but like, <laughs> I, I was, and he explicitly has talked about the fact that I was still on Twitter, and how that must be, uh, I must be part of, you know, the narrative. Right. I must be part of the the opposition because, in fact, he said that's the only thing that I could be. That's the only explanation. Right. Not so, so, and like, me too, I, don't know if I, me too. I, I don't remember if I put it in, in here yet because I was going to talk about it. I think I did though. So let's see if I can find it. Um, because I, 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 I cut out some of my stats because I wanted to show him mm. that he was, that he was wrong. Uh, let me see if I, it might not be in this slideshow. Dang it. Oh well, I mean, but the bottom line is my Twitter usage stats. Um, you know what? Why not? So let's just go to Twitter. Let's just go to Twitter because I'm not afraid. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm not BSing. So let's look at the last ninety days of my stats. I don't. I'm really terrible at math, so I don't remember how many days this is. That's close. Oh, 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 I could go another day. No, let's go back even more so I can, let's just, I, I want to make sure that, I, you know, I'm being honest. Okay. So let's look at this. These are my literal stats from Twitter right now. Now, what do you see? Do you see my, uh, my impressions going up or down here? Do you see them going down? They were up here. At the you know fifty to hundred k, and they went down, and just before Elon came, I mean I had a couple of days of like, like this, and it was completely uncorrelated, you know, 
it makes no sense. But here's the real kicker. Um, on September 1st, the number of people that I had, on September, the number of followers I had was, uh, let's just say it was like 14,000, whereas now I have, I just passed 20,000 today. Okay, so as my, and I could do this, and I did this for all of my stuff. Let me, let me see if I, uh, it might not be open right now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so here, for instance, is, there's my followers starting from zero and Substack, but the Substack is, uh, it, it's, it's three, it's three times less. I, I just, I changed the, 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 uh, the right hand side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not equal in this case, but you can that see flat like, line. <laughs> yeah what is that from well, that, that's actually not uh true because i haven't oh okay <laughs> so something is wrong here whoa what the heck just happened oh something happened with my data recently that, that was not supposed to happen that way interesting well anyway so yeah i gotta go back in and fix that because it's actually it's up here or up at the top but irregardless let's see what it and I might have it hidden now. Yeah, I think I do. Dang it. Um, oh, geez, I don't remember what it is. I have so many of these things. It could be anything. But suffice it to say, I track this stuff. So I can... Um, yeah, the, the world owes you a debt for doing it, bro. Serious. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not just tracking mine. I'm tracking everybody's stuff because I want... I want to know like what the impact has been as we've been sitting here trying to save the world. They've been trying to block us mm. and I wish it like this right here. Um, oh, this, so I've been tracking all every member of drastic. I've been tracking their followership over time. And what you see is that it has no relation to our, our actual, uh, dang it. Now I lost it again. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, it's actually not in this one then at all. But basically, I have a I have a tab here somewhere where it actually. Um, crap. Yeah, well, I tried. But one, I... Is, one of the things that, that I that I measured, going back to the beginning, like. On when I first really got on Twitter and started being active was February 16th, 2021. And I went and looked at my impressions per tweet. So like how many people viewed each tweet on average, each tweet that I did each day. And what you see is that as my number of followers went up, the number of impressions per tweet went down so what that means is, for people to understand is, that started happening like in May or June of 2021. And so at that point I had like 900 followers. And when I, when I calculated the math this spring, I had like six or 7,000 followers. More people saw each tweet of mine on average when I had 200 followers than when I had 7,000. And in fact, I, I bet you, I bet you, I haven't done the math yet, but I bet you 
that until Elon took over in mid-November, I bet you that in early November, with 17 or 18,000 followers, it was still true that I had fewer impressions per tweet. Yeah, that, wow. that's... Um... For pe people need to understand that, 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 like, mathematically, that is impossible. Yeah, we've been looking at a whole bunch of impossible today, bro. <laughs> fewer people saw an average tweet of mine in now, today. Well, okay, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was that he took over. Then when I had 200 followers... I mean, I'm terrible at math. I'm, I'm like, so I have no idea what, if I tried to, to calculate, I'm not even going to embarrass myself by trying, so let's just do it. I'm just curious to see. Okay, 20,000 uh, divided by 200. Okay, so 100 times. I have 100 times more followers. But even when I had 50 times more followers, I had, because it wasn't just flat, I had fewer impressions per tweet than when I had 50 times fewer followers. Yeah, and what, the, what, what that I, means is I should have, I should, that means that what I should have had was some astronomically different number. And that means that the rate of increase in my followership should have been just completely different. And I did the hard way. I didn't do it like a fake way, like all those scientists. Right. Like Trevor Bedford, who in, in two weeks got 200,000 followers. You see mine and you see a nice curve that's accelerating because I'm all like, I don't have any like bad spots. There's no sudden jumps in there. That is all hard work, working my ass off. And not, I have never tried to get more followers. I've just simply tried to get the word out that, that you know, something massive has happened. And this is what happens when natural, when it's happening naturally. And then let's let's look at this one. And this is what happens when it's not natural. Uh, fat, fat Angie <laughs> scorching a hair. Well, in second place. Okay, so Fat Angie, Fat Angie Rasmussen is. I think she's the orange. I think. But look at this. Look at this straight line. You know what that is? That goes from fourteen thousand for Trevor Bedford to 200,000 followers, followers in like two weeks. Yes, that's, that is, that's grassroots, genuine followership. Right. All those, all those people just taking up a sudden interest in the... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my God, Treasure Be Trevor Bedford is genius. Okay, so here we go. That red line is all 20 odd members at any given time of drastic. That is all of drastic. Well, 20 I, people. I, I, I just take some, some frisson of joy in that graph that uh, Peter Dasex were right at the bottom with the. So. Yeah. But that's uh, probably artificial too, right? That they want to, they don't want him sort of. Um, right. They, they don't want to exaggerate his followership because they don't want his voice to be heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sweep him under the rug so, for his own good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll give them credit that they, they didn't uh, do Dashik and they didn't even do Anderson. But I mean, part of that is because Anderson disappeared for a six month stretch of that. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, they took a bunch of scientists and said, hey, you know what? We're just going to make your platform exponentially bigger. People, look at Peter Hooktes. Now, granted, his has been more flat, but I mean, let's face it. Um, this, is Peter Hotez worthy of however many followers he is? No, and like I say, all, all, all of these high-profile um, talking heads, like, you'd have to work bloody hard to convince me that they think it's organic as well, right? They know that they're um, right. Well we, well, we know that behind the scenes, they didn't think it was natural. So, what you see here is what you see here is the this is the narrative being constructed. What, what we discovered was like just more and more evidence that this is not generic. It's not grassroots. It's not a consensus. This is what I called the consensus ship. Yeah. This is, this is the fake construction of a consensus. This is censorship, but but made to look like it's not. It's a it's a indicator of how sophisticated these psychological operations are. Yeah, counterintelligence. I don't know. Does it count as counterintelligence? Uh, well, it'd be more than just psychological operations. Psychological operations, I guess. Yeah. So that's that, that's what I, I assume that that's what the people who are lying to us and stealing our freedom. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what they call it. Uh, uh, let me see here. Well, here we go. And yeah, like so, I took Twitter published their own stats. Um, and I took those stats and I said, oh, okay, let's see what these mean. And uh, what this is, is in red, red is the number of, uh, of accounts that were closed by month. And this this goes from um, February 21 uh, to, to, well, at the time it was June of 2022. And it, this the data actually went further back in time, but the numbers of the numbers were so astronomical that, it, that it, you, you wouldn't have been able to see this part right here. And this is what matters. I, I, I would have made up a good proportion of those, bro. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> what this shows is that these, this is the number of, of punitive actions that were taken by Twitter related to the um, COVID-19 misinformation. And, uh, what you see is that, um, since it's kind of hard to like like show you here, but but basically, the green is the ratio of challenges to suspensions. So let's say you um, you get a strike, okay, or whatever they call it. Like let's say somebody flagged your tweet and for misinformation and so you got a warning well that warning used to be what they were what they did 
and you'd get a couple of warnings before you got kicked off the thing. And they used to give out hundreds of thousands of warnings. And that's why I can't show it to you because if I went back to 2020, there were way incredible number of warnings. And they used to only very rarely, very rarely, would they ever um, kick somebody actually like suspend their account. And so on the 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 y-axis, the the second y-axis is the ratio of of basically warnings to to suspensions. And so the green line is the is the uh, the moving average of that ratio. And so the first point at which you can actually see it on this thing because the ratio is so large is April of, of 2021. But what you see, what you see is that over time, the number of challenges has gone down for the most part. Like it used to be astronomical. And now it's almost exactly mirroring the suspensions. Uh, like a hair trigger now. and um... Oh yeah. But, but here's the thing. Recently, it's actually, there's been times where it was even lower. It's kind of, I made this graph really confusing, so I apologize. But, but the bottom line is, is that the ratio used to be like twenty thousand to one for warnings to suspensions, and right now it's getting closer and closer to like just even. So what that means is that they're not even bothering to tell people to knock it off. They're not even bothering to like warn you that if you continue, you'll, you'll get suspended. In fact, a lot of times, they're not even warning you at all. Because we know a lot of our friends never had a warning. I mean, there were a lot that were, but there were some that just, no, they were done. So when you see, like, in January of 2022, so this January, they, they nuked 2,200 accounts. <laughs> and then... You remember, like late in the spring, that's when they really started hitting it, and uh, and and these are our friends. So just think, we know, like, you know, let's, let's just say five or ten percent of all the people. Like, we know these people. This is us. This isn't some random Joe Schmo. I've I've got it. I actually have the list uh, somewhere of of on one of my spreadsheets. I've got a list from one of like a a place where we're keeping track of all these people that get knocked off. I took some, I took that data and looked at that and everybody that I know was getting nuked in, you know, May, yeah, dude, June, you're, you're literally like the only one. I know it's just, uh, just yeah. you, you got through enemy lines, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bro, this, bro. Is where, this is where I say, you know, the, the JC doesn't really know what he's talking about because because all of us have been censored. Yeah. Okay. And just because I didn't get kicked off the platform, I mean, I, I, I had 50 times as many followers and I have fewer impressions per tweet. That's, that's not, it's not, you, you can't, that's not possible. It's just not possible. Like that means that they, that they <laughs> level. The degree to which they have been limiting people to view my stuff is so extreme. Imagine how many followers I would have. Shoot, I'd probably have a couple hundred thousand. All of us would have a couple hundred thousand followers by now. 
Well, look, people should take a very visceral objection to what they're looking at on the screen here, because um, if if they manage to get away with it, and like I say, maybe got a window right now where maybe yeah, we haven't won yet, right? <laughs> um, the uh, you think you think they're just going to let it let that power go um, as they no. as they. Instantiate ever more of their diabolical plans. No chance, and and you know what comes next is the is the purges, right? And yeah, there's no guarantee that we've won here. Mm. It's but it's, there's a there's a possibility that we might not have won, <laughs> and that's terrifying to me. Mm. It really is. Now I only brought this slide up because I wanted people to see the. Uh, Illustration <laughs> or the animation. <laughs> you show that off, bro. <laughs> yeah, I showed it to you. I don't. I don't know if I showed it on stream, but I, I don't. I, I just, remember, but I, I, I really like this. One. But yeah, it's pretty good. I, um, I, I would just add. I don't. I, I don't. Fauci's just a figurehead in this, right? Oh yeah, yeah. it's not like he's doing all this by himself. <laughs> it's, it's a very large, sophisticated um, machinery um making all this happen and essentially making it happen in real time um well yeah. we, should, we should all be very very concerned right now very concerned um because if we if we don't get it if we don't get a grip on it uh <clears throat> wow what did they they think that they, they, their one health paradigm and the unleashing of uh, of pandemic potential uh, bugs is is the uh, is the holy grail for for population control? Well, there it is. I would say it's it's probably more going to be geared towards sort of climate and the sort of control that way right limiting travel which they're already doing um yeah well the real i think that whatever it is the, their goal is the same regardless and they're really just they're just trying to do whatever they can possibly get away with so you know they get away with now i think they they thought they had struck gold with this pandemic crap and well, hopefully, hopefully they lost. Hopefully, um, we've we figured it out, and and the planet's the planetary, you know, population has figured it out, and and they won't be able to to squeeze by. But we need to be very clear, and we need to be very open eyed and understand that that uh, we have not won yet. Um, no, we have uh, um, We've managed just, to because look, because look, look how like if if Elon Musk hadn't spent forty four billion dollars, billion, okay, just for a messaging platform, just for a messaging platform, then we would not have the undeniable proof that's still coming out today. People. You know, people have given him a lot of crap. 
and look, he has ideas that, you know, are dumb and are part of the problem. You know, he, he's all into certain of these ideas. I get, I get it. I know. Okay. But here's what I also know. <laughs> there are no, there's no purity contest here. This is survival. This yeah, is yeah. war. Yeah. Okay. There's a, you don't have purity uh, tests in war. Because when you do, you lose. Yeah. So this notion that we should just, that, that what, that we, that we shouldn't ever talk to Jeffrey Sachs, that, that we shouldn't let Elon Musk take over Twitter. I, I mean, the, these arguments are asinine. Just, just, just as asinine as throwing away diffuse, because, because believe it or not, somebody actually can testify that that's true, and somebody's going to testify that that's true. Well, we need we need so, to make sure you get there, bro. <laughs> that's well. That's I mean, amazing. it's not just me. Thank God, I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's a, it's harder to kill somebody who's in active duty when he's not deploying, and you know, and he's high profile now. So, um, but Still. yeah, like it's so dumb. Like, how could you be so stupid to not have to not have considered all the consequences of what you're doing, and to come up with some idea and think that you have figured it out when when it's so, it's, I mean, it's so existential the the problem and. Well, and and not not everything is public, but let me just let me just inform the public, okay? <laughs> the JC understands some of those things, which, and so for him to reject that is, it's even dumber. But the bottom line is, is that no matter what his hypothesis is, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. This is bigger than him, and he doesn't have the answer. If he had the answer, then guess what? This would be over. Because the proof, the proof would be so blatantly obvious that it would, it would speak the truth itself. He would just have to expose it. <clears throat> but he, he doesn't have that level of proof. And I well, would argue that, you know, it, it, it's it's engaging in a sort of form of what aboutism. <laughs> And, right. and and in so doing, just just creating noise right now. When... Sure, like like, but even if I had the answer and I knew, look unequivocally, and let's face it, I have I have reason to feel stronger about the evidence that I that I have than he does about this hypothesis that he's putting forward. <clears throat> He doesn't even have a majority of our friends agreeing with him, and not even close to majority. So, but even if I did, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't say get out of here, um, because we're fighting a war, and it, it might be it might be an intellectual war or a. Well, no, it, it's it, not. It's the, the, the ground. The ground that, it, that, that the battle might be fought might not have bullets in it. Yeah. But understand yet. Understand that the that the outcome of this battle um, 
will right. change. It's, it's, it's critical. It will affect the lives of every human being on this planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, well, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, part of his argument is that in talking about the subject matter that we are, uh, with respect to sort of biowarfare capabilities, <laughs> game of function, that in in effect we're we're ushering in the very things that we're trying to raise concern about. Um, right, except we're pulling from 300,000 published papers. It's, it's, not, it's not like we're pulling this out of our ass. It's not like we're hypothesizing. And because whatever has happened has already happened. This is a, this is a murder mystery. This is not a... This is not a projection of what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> well, we're trying to investigate. You, you could, you could make the argument that um, the battle's just heating up, right? If, if that well, sure, chart but, but that there's we already, looked... there's already people dead, though. It's, mm. it's not like there's already been battles. So, how, whatever metaphor you want to use, or however you want to explain it, is fine. But it's we are. It is happening right now. Yeah, it's it's. You're being choked out. You gotta gotta do something about it. You've got literally uh, metaphorical seconds. Um, People are dropping all around us, mm. literally. Mm. And this is not this is not Walking Dead. This is not Twenty Eight Days Later. This is not the Stand. This is real life. Our maid of honor is dead. There's twelve year olds dead. Rod Stewart's kid just had a heart attack. So all I care about is saving as many people as I can. And every day that goes by is a day in which people die that didn't have to die. Well, that's the only thing that matters. The problem, the problem is, is that the disease mechanisms may be so, so complex and intractable <clears throat> in uh, over a, longer periods of time beyond the acute acute exposure that maybe maybe there's very little we can do right you've just got except you know of course to, I mean, get, true, go for justice but we're going to take a hit we, we, we don't know it doesn't matter there's no reason not to oh yeah fight to your last breath I mean, fight to your last vape filled yeah. breath people yes yeah i'm sorry and, and you know it, that that's why i get frustrated because you know like a purity test um purity test for who like what am i trying to be pure for like wh what is the outcome of if like what's the benefit of a purity test right now i i don't like yeah, it doesn't exist. It's a stupid question. It's a, it's a stupid um, argument because look, the, the truth, the truth is the truth. And believe it or not, we are smart enough to discern. But give us, give us the evidence, and we'll figure it out. And well, the the sad thing is, is that lots of um, we we had a good handle on this a long time ago. And were it not for these um, very comprehensive 
top-down decisions that were deliberately made, um, <coughs> we, we would be far, far closer to having this wrapped up and done. But yeah. we're not. We're just we're just getting started, and yeah, <laughs> not a not a not the place that I thought I'd be a couple of years ago, dude. I thought I'd wised up, given given up the uh, ideas of uh, public profiles and um, just go off into that sunset. But no, <laughs> we've been pulled into something. Oh, it's, it's gut wrenchingly disgusting when you think about it. It is, and. Uh... Look, maybe, maybe it's it's different for me because I I came from a like a background of of seeing evil, but to me, the, it, it should be obvious enough to everybody by now that I don't have to justify my fear and my concern. I mean, I, I know what biological weapons existed before this point, uh, and I know what the United States was doing. I, I was taught at Edgewood Chemical Biological Center, which they're, I think they're at Fort, uh, they're not at um, Fort Dietrich, but they're at, <clears throat> basically the like the other half of us amber mm -hmm. and uh they taught me how to make ricin we, we literally before we taught it to our students we as instructors that like we went to this couple of days where the training and one of the things we did was we went to the commissary and had, i think we had like 10 bucks or 20 bucks to spend and we went there and we bought the ingredients and we took it back and with a laboratory process we made fake ricin but we could have made real ricin because they sold the ingredients at the same commissary. All we did was pick a different bean. And, and the entire point of that was was partially to get you to, you know, understand lab processes and how to look and see based on precursor chemicals, what could it be. Um, and look, I... But, I, but that's, I not, that's not to say that it's like it could have been made in a garage because what we're talking about could not have been made in a garage. No, no. That, and I've never said that. And so when JC keeps repeating that, he's just, he, he's using somebody else's this foil or the straw man, because that's not what we've said. Mm. But when it comes to this, what we're talking about is that somebody can make this. It's this. It's not about being in a garage. It's about being somebody can make this virus in such a way that it can be pathogenic, that it can spread beyond more than a, a few generations of infections. It's just. Uh, and it, it, it might not be a fact, but he he is he has not brought the argument close enough to where we we would deny anything else. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jay. I just know too much, and that doesn't make me deep state, and that doesn't make me controlled opposition. It just means that people are stupid and evil. Okay, when I was in Iraq, I saw teddy bears on the side of the road wired to mortar rounds with the goal to either 
Now, most of the time, the people who would pick up those teddy bears it's... would be kids. But they also would know that we would that maybe a soldier might come by and pick it up and give it to a kid. You know, like we'd give him candy or something else. But you don't do that. You don't strap explosives and wire them to teddy bears or to dead bodies in the street or occasionally to live people and force them to walk towards a convoy. Holy so mm. I, want, I want Jay to understand that there are evil people in this world. And in this case, whatever this is, it, it might be our government or some other government. Well, the the concern is is that it just it goes beyond the structures that we're we're used to dealing with, right? And it does, but we still have to stop it nonetheless. You have to try, and um, yeah, it's just evil. Yeah. And, and there's no other there's no other word, and you don't fight evil by um, like pushing the rest of the people on your side away. You don't go to the foxhole with purity tests. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Right now, all I'm concerned about is, is who's who's looking at this target and in, and engaging it properly. That's the beyond beyond that. Right, we're in such desperate situation, as I see it, from whatever angle you want to look at it, whether it's from surveillance or the the type of the type of weaponry being deployed that requires this level of sophistication and, and understanding it's not a, it's not a single person project that you know some rogue scientist cooked up no it's not no way no because how. the because the because the response <clears throat> has been massive. Mm. Obviously, whatever this is, um, whether it was benign or accidental or not, the people who should be held accountable have resources to, to do everything they can on a global scale to prevent the truth of this coming out. So, I mean, that, if that, that should do, scare everyone. Yeah. I mean, we had to spend $44 billion just so that one platform could, could, could be fair. So that, so that it's, because basically <laughs> the math of this is that Angie Rasmussen has not only had her followership boosted, but she's had her tweets magnified by algorithms. And if we could look at her impressions per tweet and then compare them to mine, I bet, I bet that she gets more impressions per tweet than a tweet if you combined all the followers from all of Drastic. I bet each of her tweets is seen by more people than all of us. And that's just sick. Actually, that's automatic because <laughs> combined, we only have a third of okay. followers. <laughs> so let me rephrase that. 
let me rephrase that. Uh, I bet that it's even more astronomically. I'm sure the ratio would be instructive, but the point is, is that all those, all of those things were done. All those people were prevented from seeing my tweets and your tweets and everybody else's tweets. Well, that to protect evil. The thing is, it was all in place, ready to go. That's that's the herbing part, right? So at at some level, all these things would have been trialed out and. uh, you know their efficacy understood and that's just what we've seen so far we don't know what's coming in six months uh a year's time because like i said the the Bayesian analysis that you would have to take is is that they've gone all in right now there's no sort of hiding behind you know uh, let, let's take 9 11 as a sort of bookend example and and then saying oh we can we can push uh, uh, the a part of the people who who are querying what's going on for wh- whatever their reasons but they they've we can control that through just media control what's happening now is is going to be exponentially more more than that because this like i said their techniques are so well honed that it's go- it, it they're going to push it to the next level and we i don't think I don't think we've looked in a direction without finding evidence of of all of this stuff in play. Like literally everywhere we look, we find that they're guilty of doing this, which is terrifying because they, they were so there was so much more. Who knows? I I bet I bet that if uh, if there was an, if there's no sense. <laughs> I bet that the elections that we just had would have been, well, who knows? I mean, Ronald Reagan won 49 of 50 states legitimately, legitimately. And that was in 1984. Yeah. So, so don't tell me that it's impossible that there couldn't be a massive shift politically. There may have been. Look, we have no idea. Because let's, let's just say that they, they didn't touch a voting machine. We already know for a fact that this stuff has impacted elections. Yeah. And that, so who knows? Who knows? Everybody could be sitting at home wondering how does 50% of the country feel like this? <laughs> right. and maybe, maybe it's 90 10. Right. It could very well be ninety percent. Yeah, yeah, but and they're, they're the so confident reason, in in their tools that they. Yeah, and it, 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 it may be that the only reason that, that you can get fifty percent of people to vote against freedom is because they don't know that they're not voting for freedom. Mm. They're voting for democracy. They're voting for democracy, and the people who are saying those words are the ones who are censoring us. Yeah. Well, for the common so, good, Charles. For the common good. Right. I mean, Korea is the Democratic Republic of Korea. Right. The People's Democratic Republic of Korea. So you, all you did was you put three words in there that weren't communism. Congratulations. Okay. Then, but none of those words are what you are. And then just turned it the into People's a People's Republic of China. 
China is not a republic, and it doesn't even treat its people as people. Did you see so, that footage of just them following like this one Tyvek clad individual? It's like a thousand people just walking into like those camps. <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Just well, if you go watch Schindler's List, right? <laughs> just. How many, how many people they have guarding those camps? Well, they had their, had their own, <laughs> their own for sell out. Just get a few extra, uh, extra rations, I guess. But um, yeah, we're our own worst enemy in that respect. Um, yeah, the reality is, is that the, what they can do now is so much worse than what the Nazis could do. There's no comparison. Like, and well, I, I would, I would put it in those commie bastards. Their their body counts much higher. Right? That the, the, they're 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 looking to go orders of magnitude above um, the very worst excesses of the twentieth century, and yeah, um, to, the the Reds are uh, light years ahead of uh, Kanye's. Uh, Idol. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't know. I, I think I remember, yeah, when was it? It was like 2013 when uh, ISIS came around and they were sweeping across the Middle East and Syria and Iraq, and they were they were murdering, butchering, raping women, children, and the West was just sitting well, there. We'd 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 sort of run out of the, um, how would you say? We'd burned any sort of moral collateral that we had right right i mean we had and and obama basically begged the, the iraqis to to vote to to make us leave and he he didn't have to do that exactly um but the bottom line was that i mean and then for three years we we fought a war with isis and then trump took over and 10 months later they denied and but during that time, fifty thousand people died in West in West Iraq, which was where I had been and where I had watched is is somewhere between eighty and ninety percent of eligible voter, uh, eligible voters voted in Enbar Province, where I was. And so the same people that they were were holding their their insane fingers or having their 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 wives raped and their children butchered in front of them. And and you know, and I was and I remember just being incredibly frustrated during that time. And and my twin brother was incredibly frustrated about Afghanistan. And so the, well, the entire time, so he wanted us out of Afghanistan, but then he saw how we left and he and he was even more horrified. But the truth is, it, 
the horrific truth is, is that what's happening right now in this dwarfs pandemic it. dwarfs any of that. If, if dwarfs it, yeah. This, this, people people don't understand that the scale of the inhumanity, even if it even if it's accidental, the scale of this is exponentially worse, and it's no less evil. Yeah, because it, it, it's, it's it's hard for them to grasp, but mm. they have to grasp it. It's the deployment of uh, this technology in in a weapons like <laughs> capacity and then the you know we have rules about sort of warfare right and you know <laughs> usually used to be oh okay we're going to war and there's a there's a rule set that's in play and if if we're right every every bit of that rule set which has been honed over human evolution has been thrown out the window uh, on on the whims of uh, a very very select few, and don't the law the laws of war there are actual laws of war. Mm. <laughs> I know people might think it's crazy, but but there are, mm. and there's and there's laws for specific parts of war, you know, like the Geneva Conventions for prisoners of war. Like the, the, you are required to treat prisoners of war a certain way, and if you don't then you can be prosecuted for war crimes. <laughs> and there's never been a war ever where all of those rules were just thrown out the window. Because in every conflict that there's ever been, there's been an understanding that you have to, you can only go so far because Otherwise, you're just evil. Uh, to, 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 just you understand there were going to be consequences coming at you in in such a fashion right. that, that it's a deterrent, and um, exactly. and the fact that these people would be so <clears throat> uh, blasé about what they think of are consequences coming for them right now that they would just yeah deploy, yeah. like I say, mass well, psychological. That's what I was going to say. Is I want people to understand that that the Nuremberg trials were were trials for war crimes, and and so the prisoners that they were they were executing, the prisoners that they were experimenting on, were prisoners of war. <laughs> so we're not talking about civilians. Well, okay, actually, I take it back because they weren't all prisoners; were some of them were civilians. <laughs> But they had prisoners, and they were experimenting on them. <laughs> and so, w whether or not you, as an official, you think that the Nuremberg uh, Conventions on uh, on human experimentation or like apply to you or not, um, all of them have been violated. Every law of war has been violated. <laughs> Most of the human rights in, in the United States, or I'm sorry, in the United Nations Council on Human Rights and the, the Declaration on Human Rights they came up with, most of those have been violated in the last few years. So, yeah, these are if, human if, rights. If, if, if people, if people, um, if people 
don't understand what that means for their for your own skin right your own wretched hide what they what they could be or not could what is very that means that that means that your life is meaningless yeah in their eyes in 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 their eyes that that means that if that whether you live or die is not a choice that they think that you should make and and (laughs) i mean this is this is why the constitution of the united states does not cover some things this is why there is a superior document to the, to the constitution called the declaration of independence and it's in the declaration of independence that our founding fathers laid out uh, inalienable rights there's a couple of things that they said could, cannot be in the hands of any legislature to ever consider to, to overturn you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what they said was, is that they come, they're, uh, good Lord, they're endowed by a creator. <laughs> and guess what? In, in legal terms, none of us are creator. And so what that means is that they cannot be under no, as long as the, the political entity known as the United States of America exists in any form, in any form, then its leaders cannot do anything that would violate life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness beyond what the social contract people laid out in the Constitution. Yeah, and the the frustrating thing is is that, you know, that, that was millennia of refinement to sort of get to that and we we worked it out the best of humanity right and we've just taken it and just hey handed handed it over to um technocrats and um it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it it doesn't matter how how stable we think the infectious clone is okay this is kind of a side argument Right. It doesn't matter how if it's disseminated or it's irrelevant, okay? Because if our if if our fundamental rights that our own constitution cannot supersede are being violated. If 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 they're releasing things either as as either as pathogens or as vaccines or anything that without our consent, without our knowledge, without our understanding was unleashed upon us and anyone has died, then it doesn't matter if it was a medical malpractice. It doesn't matter if it was due to the <laughs> some other aspect of this. What matters right, is Crime that... still happened. And... <laughs> What matters is that, you know, for instance, Caitlin, she died. Okay, and she probably, it was probably several things. Because first of all, she should never have been sick in the first place from, from this virus. She should never have gone to the hospital. 
She should never have needed to go to the hospital. She should never have been denied Regeneron. She should never have been given remdesivir. She should never have been placed on a ventilator. She should never have needed dialysis. So at each one of those steps, there was somebody who made a decision that led to that. And as it turns out, most of those, most of those decisions were made by one person. Wow. I think with the, under the auspices of whatever. Well, I, I would say he's, he's again, he's just. Uh... But, he, but, but this is true. He, he wasn't all powerful. He was just, he was empowered and we don't know who empowered him. But it was not the Constitution of the United States. It was not the President of the United States. No, no legal authority gave him the the power to to manipulate all those things, doing it the way that he did, knowing what he knew. Okay, so so her human rights were violated, and she never knew. To think that we even have this isn't about informed consent. Okay, it doesn't matter whether we knew about it or not. This is wrong, even if, <laughs> even because even if we, they lied to us and we consented or whatever, like this is wrong. It's just it's just wrong. It's evil. The, the, what people need to understand is is that Caitlin might as well have been living in Iraq and gone and picked up a teddy bear on the side of the road. And been blown up because that's that is the level of person that is the level of evil that caused her to die well I, i'm just wondering if it's even even worse because what what you're dealing with again is this um a, a lot of <clears throat> the instantiation of these policies had um people Believing that it, it yeah, common <laughs> good argument again, right? That just they, this was the right thing to do, right? And we, we, they they drilled it in, and this is this is the problem with this hybrid warfare that just weaponizes literally anything and everything, and um, you, yeah, well, it's sort of they knew, yeah. That, that's what matters is that they knew. Because if they didn't know, then you could chalk it up to ignorance or, or whatever. But, but unfortunately, they, they did know. And the reason that they've censored us is because they don't want us to know that they know. That's why they've, they've gone back in time and censored documents and, and papers and like research articles and news articles and like they have gone back in time to destroy as much as they possibly could of the evidence to show they knew what was happening. And the only reason that we've been able to find things is because they were stupid or they were arrogant at different times. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I've, I've read more than 40 vaccine studies including from the people who made the vaccines that we're talking about. And they knew. They knew what these epitopes were going to do. Or, or at the very least, they knew that they shouldn't let them be in there. They might not know exactly what was going to happen, but they knew. 
Yeah, just precautionary principle should have been at, at, at play. And they, they knew. Yeah, they, they, they knew what all these episodes do. So even if they, even if it didn't work exactly as they planned, they knew. And it's not just if you're in Cleaver's sight. And it's not just, you know, okay, well, but we were trying our best with what we had. No, they knew. We don't need to know the origin to know that everything they've done since this virus was created was wrong. So. And it, it just sort of brings to the point again, how it's impossible for them to sort of walk back what, what they've done. And so it's impossible. Yeah. Which so makes it existential. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's no other direction for it to, for it to go now. And, um, but I, I would just add this. I'm going to have to, my, my boy's coming in in more and more higher frequency. He's desperate. It's been, um, barred from the computer all day, but, um, the, you, it's incumbent upon everyone to, uh, to s step up in, in whatever way. And, you know, whether it, whether you're part of the chain that's handing buckets down to put out a fire, you're, you're an important part of that um, chain. We can't have, we can't afford gaps. We need to minimize gaps in in this um, in the process of trying to put out these fires that have been lit. And these these bastards have lit a whole bunch, and and <laughs> literally. <laughs> Well, physically, metaphorically, physically, or how it counts in digital cyber now, but they've literally tried <laughs> to stop the, us trying to put out these fires, right? It, whether people can understand the totality of the problem, a lot of a lot of people get that there's something fundamentally wrong right now. And well, well, okay, so let's let's say it this way, because I think the teddy bear analogy is a pretty good one. Well, so what it means. What it really means with all the censorship that they've done is that the teddy bear has been sitting there on the side of the road and there's been a kid walking towards it. And the people who set, who wired that teddy bear to a 155 mortar round know it's there. And they're watching too. They're watching that kid approach the teddy bear. And instead of stopping it all of us that are watching and we're yelling we're saying don't touch the teddy bear don't touch the teddy bear they're silencing us so that we can't stop so somebody who's innocent who had nothing to do with this who just wants to live and is being told that the teddy bear is safe. He's being told to go pick it up. Yeah. That is what Fauci is doing. And that is why this is evil. Because whoever is doing all of this, they are no different than the terrorist who it's set the wire to that teddy bear. Because if they know that it's there, and they and they won't let us tell everybody. 
then I cannot see their actions in any other way. It's just evil. Because, you know what? Because maybe, maybe, maybe the teddy bear isn't wired. Or maybe it won't explode for whatever reason. <clears throat> but we don't know. And we figured out that there's wires on it. And it couldn't possibly hurt, it couldn't hurt any right-thinking, non-evil human being to yell at the girl and tell her to not pick it up. There's, there's nothing wrong with us being scared and concerned. Absolutely nothing wrong. It's what every human being should be. But they're, they're silencing us anyway. As I said, next comes the purges, bro. Uh, we can't be that far. We, we, when there's this level of evil, any evil that follows isn't that much further behind. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm not saying get out there and, you know, start slaughtering people in the streets. What I'm saying is no, that... They want you to do that, right? Because then you... you it's you exactly advance, what they want. They advance, you advance their aims in that instance. That's what's so, that's what's so sick, mm. is that they want to egg us on. They want to give us a reason, give them a reason to really play the hammer down. Yeah. And so what are they doing? They're freezing us in our own homes in Europe. They're starving us in Sri Lanka. They're, they're further behind, but they're still doing it elsewhere in the West. I mean, they're, they're blowing up pipelines. They're closing farms in the Netherlands, yeah. in the breadbasket of, of, of Western Europe. It's, it's stunning. <clears throat> Unbelievable. All right, dude, I've got to get out of this chair. Um, yeah, as, no, the, as the rainbow dildo. Here, so. <laughs> Just, yeah. um, uh, thank you very much for um, going through. Again, it's uh, compelling evidence. I, I, I think. Um, again, I would encourage everyone listen to this a few times. Get the, get the primary points extracted out. Um, yeah, we're we're not finding more. We're not finding evidence in the other direction. <laughs> right. And the, the the operational metric has to be, um, and until this idea is diffused, excuse the pun, um, it, it has to, has to take primacy right now, because if if we don't. Um, We're done. Every, everything's. We're we're all done, and I I don't want to live in that world that that they've got envisioned, basically. Well, I don't I, I don't think we'd make it, dude. We'd be part of the purges, first first uh, first wave. <laughs> Come well, get us. First wave is already over. I guess. We're already yeah. living in that world. I guess. The the only thing that's gonna there's only one way <laughs> to uh, for, to beat evil, and that's to stand up. Yeah. All right, dude. I'll, I'll let you go. The only way for evil to prosper is for good men to do good nothing. Men to do nothing. Right? nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 
Yes. Good night, man. Yeah, you have a good night, sir. I'll speak to you later. <laughs> Take care, bro. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, on that, um, just to remind you, that, uh, <laughs> covert moral bio enhancement is coming for you. It's coming for you, and uh, you gotta be. You gotta know you're being gamed. Uh, right. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta get out of this chair. So, uh, take care. Support the stream, please. Um, go to McCannDojo.com. Um, keep the wheels turning. We've only just got the this. We've lost. We lost this uh, website. Um, Simon, I need to speak to you in a little bit. <laughs> I got. I've been nailed to this chair. I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. I will see you uh, in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! No! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All them five. Like this guy. Check what you found out. Make sure it's true. Boom.